I'll I'll say the saddest thing I'll ever say. Uh oh. Do we want Ready? To, don't you want to save that for two fifty? Oh hey, internet. Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. Can you hear how sick I am? I am ridiculously sick. I am going on day six of a super flu that has just utterly destroyed me. I truly don't remember the last time I was this sick. Even COVID wasn't this bad. Oh my gosh, I spent three whole days in bed um, last week and I am just going through a rough time, I gotta say. Um, I got the live show, literally, as you're hearing this, it is tomorrow, Saturday, December 3rd. Um, so I have that stress on top of being sick. I just, uh, I just gotta get through things, guys. That's just, uh, where I'm at right now. I, um, I just want the show to go good. Uh, I'm most certainly not my best self. Uh, I'm operating at about 40% right now, I think is what I'm giving people. If 40% might be being nice, honestly. But I'm going to try to sound excited when I say um, the Intoxicate Live show is Saturday, December 3rd. Please come. If if you're thinking about coming, um, it is literally tomorrow. It is going to be a lot of fun. We have stand-up comedy. We have live comedic debates. I'm doing a live on-stage mini interview with the great Adam Myatt. Um, it is going to be a blast. Tickets are still available. You can still get them. You can also buy at the door, but we always appreciate when people buy tickets in advance. It sets our minds at ease. Um, so please come. This is my final plea to you to come out to the live show. It means a lot to me. It's going to be the show of the year, an amazing night out, worth your money. So please come on out to the live show. It's going to be a blast. Um, I'm really trying to sound excited. I just feel so terrible that I am not going to be my normal self for the show, but I'm going to pull through and I'm going to hope and pray that I don't have a coughing fit on stage. That's my main thing. This is the show is going to be me holding and coughing for 90 minutes. So that's going to be fun. Um, but I'm not not contagious anymore. So don't don't worry about that. I am just on the heels of this terrible flu. Um, I'm going to keep this intro super short. We have an epic one this week. This one is just a roller coaster. Oh my gosh. For this episode, I am bringing back one of my favorite guests hilarious comic who is no stranger to the show. It is the great Matt Baker. Matt was in town in Halifax here because he was recording a comedy album, uh, which I was at. I attended the first show. It was amazing. Don't let him tell you otherwise. I think he did a great job. I think people are going to love the comedy album. I'm very, very proud of him for doing it. And it's very, very exciting. So this is Matt's third solo episode. I think we figured out on the episode it's either his fifth or sixth appearance overall on Intoxicated. He's been on many times before with other guests. 
always a blast. And in this episode, we also have a special appearance by the amazing Brian Otter as well. So it is a very, very fun one. And oh boy, does it go all over the place. It's a long one and some intense stuff happens at the end, but I kept it all in uh, for the sake of it being a very real, honest look. Um, Certainly brought out some emotions in me that I didn't quite realize I had in terms of my thoughts and feelings about this podcast. Um, Just keeping it real with you guys as to where I'm at, which is almost six years in. Um, And there's a lot of sort of feelings that go along with that, especially I feel like this time of year, end of the year, December, it's never a good time for me. I'm always just thinking about the year and the future and like where things are going. And um, it gives me the feelings. It's not even just the season and the weather that um, brings up this kind of depression in me. It's definitely the fact that it's the end of a year and we're going into another year kind of thing. So this is a real one but it's an epic one. I do encourage you all to follow Matt on social media. He is at Matt Baker sucks. He doesn't suck, but that's his username. And please stay tuned for the release of his comedy album. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and following Intoxicated on social media. And please come to the live show happening tomorrow, December 3rd at Dark Side Comedy Club. Tickets are in the description of this episode, and I would love to see you there. And really, that's about it, you guys. I hope you enjoy this epic episode with the great Matt Baker. Best burn I ever had. Going to a show with Chris Halaf and Travis, and Chris and I stopped for coffees. Yep. At, at Tim's, and we got we got Travis's extra large black coffee. <laughs> and, and anyways, so like he gets in the car, gets in the back seat, and I go to hand him his coffee, and I'm like, I accidentally almost drank out of that a couple times, and then he's like, That's okay. I know you don't fuck. Didn't miss a beat. Didn't even miss one side. That's okay. How is it even applicable? That's okay. I know you don't fuck. Like, I know you're, you don't have COVID. Uh, like, you know. You're not carrying around the Rona. I'm <laughs> not carrying around the Rona. Travis has absolute zero faith in you uh, to get laid. 
That's good though. What? It's good to be known as someone do who's consistent. Do people realize that I could do it? I just don't. Oh yeah, anyone can do <laughs> okay. it. Okay, okay, good. Because I'm like, I could. It's a point of like making fun of me and well, shit. But no matter who you are, if you make a Tinder account and you just put photos on there, you're gonna get someone that likes your photos. So someone's gonna be down to do it. Someone would be down. It's just whether or not you want to be down with that person. It is just standards. Yeah, people. Yeah. And I tend to have mostly people that I'm not attracted to. Yeah. But every now and then someone will sneak in that I'm like, I'm attracted. Like, but it's, it's like, if I had to put a percentage on it, like what? Like, Jesus, 20 to 30% of the time, maybe like not very high percentage. Of people that are actually attractive. That I, that I go, that, oh, that like. you reciprocate the attraction. Yeah. Like, like off a picture. Yeah. Mind you, I know that like attraction can grow. Yeah, well, that's and not true. Nah, 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 nah. Dicks grow attraction. That's just straight up, dude. Thank you. I well, I mean, I I do think that personality really does play into attraction. For sure. There's no like. There's no question about that. I've met like a ton of beautiful women that I'm just like immediately. I see them talk to like wait staff. I'm like, you're ugly on the inside. You are the most ugly on the inside. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However you treat other people is like such a huge thing. But That's a huge thing. I walked out on a date because the girl was mean to a server. Oh, yeah, dude, man. Yeah. P- men are like, p- people are like, oh, men like women with big boobs. Nah, dude, I like a girl who's like, thank you. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> with a big heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a like a big heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who's like, oh, my God, the wait staff here is so nice. I'm like, oh, my God, you're so nice. <laughs> I'm trying to because, so I have a whole bit about demisexuality. I don't know if you would have been around yeah, when I started doing it. this. Yeah, because then Joe started doing his semi-sexual bit. And, and now, he goes, frrrr. Mikhail so is doing one good. too. I hope everyone does. That, one. That's like really, really good. Essentially, just being like, question? yeah. Super dumb question. Though. Go yes. for it. What is it? Oh, ask it. Oh, I think ask it in the other mic. No, I don't want people to realize I'm this dumb. Oh, that's the, that's the working mic. This is the working mic. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. The mic. That's channel three. The other one is four. Channel three news. We're here live with Brian Otter. Brian, what questions do you have for us tonight? I don't want to ask it anymore. What is a demisexual? It's, uh, it's, so it's the technical term is that you need the tentacle em- term that you, <laughs> <laughs> that you need an emotional tentacle connection term. to feel sexual attraction. But what? some women take that to go that like some women say it as like, oh, I like personality in a guy. So I must be demisexual. But it's like so much deeper than that. Yeah. Like you need to be close with someone to be sexually attracted to them is like essentially what demisexuality Like in is. proximity? Yeah. Like, no, like, <laughs> no, no, emotionally, yeah. emotionally. Okay. Like I can't get wet unless I know a guy's attachment style. Okay. <laughs> That's like a weird, you should put that right in your profile. <laughs> I'll just, I'll just get like a bunch of first messages yeah, yeah, yeah. just being like avoidant, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. avoidant, avoidant. What's wrong with me? I don't know. I can't get Why wet. Why am I sending you I so many messages? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't get wet unless I know a guy's attachment style. <laughs> like, like I, I, I need to really know someone. Uh, like, like, cause like Ryan William was like, why don't you just have a one night stand? I was like, I literally can't like, even if I really wanted to, I, I don't think I could. I don't know. Like I, I can't help you there. Yeah. No, not many people can. It's all good. <laughs> I'm doomed. I'm doomed. Doomed. You're not doomed. You just, uh, life has a funny way of making things happen or not in my case. Yeah. Which, but also it's the same thing. 
Yes, that's true. The not happening is the happening. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> opposites in and uh, whatever. I don't know. All right, let's get into it, everyone. Let's get into it, folks. That was enough of a cold open for me. Oh, that's a freezing cold open, dude. She's a minus fucking 10 with the wind chill open. <laughs> Am I even using that term right? Cold open? Cold well, open? Yeah, cold, I think so. You just go straight into we it. We go straight into cold it. Cold okay. turkey? I think it's cold turkey. Cold. <laughs> We're starting cold turkey, folks. <laughs> <laughs> starting from scratch. Starting from scratch. I invested in scratch over the pandemic. <laughs> what all the best things are made of that's where i put all my money took it all to the bank and they're like what do you want to do with it so i put it all on scratch mm. all right guys we're here i'm very very excited to get this person on before this podcast maybe ends or maybe doesn't we don't know i don't know i don't know what's happening but if it does end at least i'll know that i got another episode in with the very funny matt baker hey this podcast is exactly like a person. You don't know when its last day is going to be. <laughs> Pretty much. That's like every podcast, though. It's going on six years. Every podcast is like that, though. Every podcast, you're like, oh, yeah, this could be the last episode. Maybe not on purpose, but like if, say, like two bears, both Tom and Bert die in a horrible plane crash, That's there's no more two bears. It's so really rare that, know. that a podcast goes, we're here and we're ending the podcast like a month from Like most times it's like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like uh, <laughs> that's how I feel in relationships. <laughs> Ooh, getting right into it already. No, it's just joking. No, it's just something funny. You're to already say. asking me uh, things to, to follow up on. Yeah, yeah, follow up. Take, the, take notes, folks. This is your third solo. I think so. Yeah, uh, maybe third solo or second solo. Yeah, third. You you've done two solos. I have. Okay. And then you did one with Albert. Yeah, I've been on with Albert, been on with Vino, been on with Andrew Verge. So this is... Six, I think. Your fifth? Fifth? No, so uh, two solos. One with Albert, one with oh, Vino, six? one with Andrew Verge. So this is oh, six. Oh, shit, son. Yeah, dude. I got to tally up the people who've been on the most. Uh, Albert's up there. Albert's up there for sure. He's a likable character. You're up there. Like... Travis is up there too. Oh yeah, for sure. Because Travis, Travis like would have been like one of the first comedians that oh, I had on. So, so it makes sense that he, he's going to be on two fifty, two fifty coming up. This is going to be two episode five. one uh, two forty eight. Two forty eight. It's my uh, lucky number. My girlfriend's that age. <laughs> <laughs> She's two hundred forty eight. This is really difficult to go see her during the <laughs> pandemic because uh, you weren't allowed to unless you were blood related. And of course, we weren't married at that point. So. 248. 248 years old. What's the skincare routine? Uh, mostly just uh, sh I made her I made her a sleeping bag out of cucumber skin. <laughs> Jesus and she Christ. just sleeps in a cucumber <laughs> just skin. Just moisture? Yeah, yeah. From the the, apparently cucumbers are good Constant for your moisture. I told her my personality thing, attachment style, and she's now always wet. <laughs> <laughs> to call back to, I don't know if a joke that uh, maybe it's not going to be It may or may not be on. Who knows? A, 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 I think good, it's definitely on the audio. Good start to call it, calling it back to something that no one's going to get the reference. Yeah, I said to anyone who doesn't get the reference, I said, I was explaining demisexuality, and I said that I can't get wet unless I know a guy's attachment style. And then I cleverly made a joke about it, and uh, it did not get the applause break I was hoping for. 
<laughs> okay, speaking of which, we're going to get right into this. So you recorded an album I yesterday. I recorded an album yesterday, November 22nd, 2022, 7 p.m. and 9.30 p.m. Oh, my God. 11, 2, 2, 2, 2. Sure. Double numbers all around. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I don't know if that's good news or bad news. Mm, you could look up like astrologists call in let us know angel i would look up angel numbers angel numbers so angel (laughs) fucking christ i'm just giving you things to work i can't get wet unless i know a guy's angel numbers (laughs) 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 what are your angel numbers oh god oh god angel numbers are like numbers you see around and then white women try to make them into things that they aren't oh well that's good (laughs) So like on a microwave, you might see like it's the lottery for spiritual women. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And you guys might have just heard a laugh. That laugh is the Mr. Brian Otter here. Dr. Brian Otter. What's up, baby? You were just on and I don't ever want you to leave the podcast. I'm here to stay. Well, the podcast is dying, so you're going to have to go. I, <laughs> she literally started this episode off with, we're, we're pretty much coming to an end here, folks. <laughs> but your next comic kind of can't it's, even leave. No, it's like one of those things where like, well, I was telling, um, who was I? I think I, cause I want to get Kyle Carpenter back on at oh, some yeah, point. Oh yeah, for sure. Too. One of the best writers in Halifax. I was like, I was kind of feeling like stagnant with the pod, but then I started bringing back like my faves, the faves. and I was like. Oh no! I still love this. They juice it up. The favorite people, dude. They're they're the they're the corn, dude. Brian, they got and the like juice. you, you're one of my fave podcast guests. Aww, thank you. Um, I gotta get Kyle back on. Uh, I had Michael Kennedy on fairly recently. He's fucking ball. I haven't I seen that with. guy in a while, but I remember watching one of his first stand-up sets and being like, "That guy's a guy." He's fucking. <laughs> he's very funny. He's just, it's a funny thing to say. Very funny. Yeah, he's very talented. Very funny guy. I would. That's one thing I wish I got to see more of. Is like, uh, I saw like all the staples so far. I think like I haven't gotten to see Barnsley do a set or like Carpenter. Who are the staples? And, uh, oh, staples like uh, Hendrickson, obviously, and Claire. And Luba, oh my God, Luba always makes yeah, me laugh. Yeah, she's, she's fucking, so fantastic. fucking funny. And then Halaf and Coombs were on the show, and then obviously yeah. Brian Otter, and then yeah, and lots of. And I saw a lot of new faces too that I haven't really seen, but I mm. saw them at the Sunday session. That was not like not a good gauge either. So that no. night was a little wild, but uh, was it was great. Weird. Yeah, Salvino again. Like it was what a weird food. show. Yeah, yeah. I'm just so happy to be back in in Halifax for a few, and just like seeing people. It's like so sick to see how oh. people have improved or like if they've been working on stuff so it's really yeah yeah, because you've been away for how long almost a year holy fuck it doesn't feel like it's been that long i disappeared pretty much i I guess it has been eh? yeah pretty much the first uh, like the first week of december last year i disappeared and then i was like i'm gonna be coming back and then i had a freaking crazy journey where i was like i don't know what i'm doing with my life and the good news is i still don't don't but (laughs) i don't know what i'm doing with my life on the other side of the country so you're yeah, I feel like you're in the better place in terms of the physical place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Geographically, <laughs> like, I'm doing well. Like, obviously, like, if all of your Halifax friends were there, yeah. that would be perfect for you. That'd be sweet. But, but, like, it is a cooler place. Like, that's kind of my thing, too. I'm like, Halifax is getting more expensive to live. I'm like, why don't I just be broke somewhere cooler now? Yeah, but I mean, like, you, like, I don't want to say what number you pay for this apartment, but, like, I pay the exact same number, and I live in a den with no windows, and my roommate's an Australian chick, so, like, things could be a lot worse for you. <laughs> okay, but the last part sounds, like, amazing. What, the Australian chick? Yeah, that's oh, I was going to say, I thought you I thought you were appealing to the fucking room with no windows. <laughs> 
Like, I get it, you have pale skin, but relax, I, dude. I'm going to be honest. Not a fan of natural light, so I wouldn't mind. I love natural light, dude. If, yeah, yeah, I think you do. The sun You're was up every day. Yeah, well, I need to be. Yeah. You can't look like, you can't have a beard like this and not be able to make a fire. That's so true. Yeah. But the, I love that in, in, in you. I, I would like to <laughs> learn more. That's exactly but- what I expected you to say. <laughs> I love that in you. <laughs> I like. I love the, that for the. Well, I want to learn like from my outdoorsy friends. Yeah, well, that's my thing. We're all moving away. Brian Otter's here though. He's, he's an outdoorsy guy. He is. He's here. got a beard. He's got a hat. He owns a car. Uh, but he's not here forever. He's well. You okay. you just said you wanted him to be here forever. I and know. Now you're like, but he's not here forever. So you really need to organize that. I, I need to figure out what's going on yeah. here. <laughs> Who do I want to I say? Think, I think Who we I need to figure to out what your attachment style is. Oh. <laughs> what was you're it? a little loosey goosey. Brian, I think you said in like a like I think because you were here for um Evan Steve's episode. We were talking about attachment styles, and I and, and you just said I was like, "What's yours, Brian?" You were just like. A lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's to, your attachment style. Check out. A lot. You're just yeah, like yeah. a lot. I like to attach. I feel like that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Not. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I better get you though. Like if some if if someone follows me on Instagram, like the next day, I'm like, okay, so I guess we're getting married in a month. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Why Why did you follow me? Brian <laughs> just wants to be friends with everyone, and everyone. But that's the thing. Everyone wants to be friends with him, so it works out. Oh yeah, for sure. Where as with me, I want to be friends with everyone, and it is constant work. <laughs> To get a friend, it is like effort. I have to put effort in, yeah, to have friendship. But that's an age thing, I think too. Yeah, yeah, for Dog, sure. I'm the same age. Yeah, we're all the same age. I'm older than both of you. No, you're not. Yeah, I am. I'm 43. Mm. Yeah. What do you say to that? <laughs> what do you say to that? Huh? You're 32. I am shit. Are you, are, are you 32? I'm 32, yeah. And Brian, you're 32, aren't you? I'm also 32, yeah. Okay, I'm three years older than you guys. But, oh, okay. but in all fairness... Do you know how many friends I could make in three years? That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Okay. true we I'm so just, mad. We should bust it at a whiteboard and do a, a chart, an exponential graph on friendship. <laughs> I mean, there's age. people that are getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of on the friend level with me. Yeah, but, but I feel like as Brian gets older, he gets more friends. But as you get older, I feel I like it's less. just fucking plummeting. Well, this is my theory. <laughs> well, you're I hanging have... out with a lot of people that die. <laughs> 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 you gotta stop that. <laughs> you're hanging out with me right now. Yeah. <laughs> I keep Why coming back in hopes that it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all I have to do is say something like something cryptic, like "See you later, Brian," unless one of us dies, and then it will happen. Because oh, no, what, what'd you put because, that into the universe for? That's what I said to Big Cat. Oh, that was yeah. the last thing I physically said to him. Well, <laughs> Brian's giving me a ride home, and, so and hopefully. people people tell me ah, I don't feel bad about that. I'm like, I literally said, unless one of us dies, like I don't know. I really brought it down now, didn't I? No, that's good. It's good. I'm always vibing. I was the one that brought in the death thing, and then you're like, well, let's make it really sad, though. You know you know how tragedy can also equal comedy? Let's just make tragedy equal tragedy. That, um, have you seen Michaela yet? 
Yeah, I saw Michaela. Yeah, so I didn't recognize great. her there. I was like, who are you? Why are you hugging me? So good. No, just joking. <laughs> she's so good. She's now. so great. She's so great. It was so nice to see her, give her a big hug and see her smiling. She's taking pictures of everyone, great photos too, which is sick. Yeah. She's getting really good at photography. She's insanely awesome. good at photography, which is awesome. And then everyone gets all these cool photos. And I'm like, Otter and I had this conversation earlier. And this is like, it's so sweet to have good quality photos. And I'm like a big. Ever since I started shooting a lot more photos, I've, I'm like a big advocate for having pictures of you doing the passions that you have. Yeah. And then that way, when if like something crazy happens, whatever goes on, you'll have photographs and people will remember like not just you for you, but like you doing the things that you really loved in your life, which is like huge. So yeah. when, I, when people get like photos of themselves doing comedy and like, oh, I don't know if I like it. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, That's the thing that you love the most. Who cares if your yeah. mouth is a gape or something like that or you mm. have six chins? Like who gives a shit? Mm, I, I care so much. Brian, what do you think of that? I agree with Baker. What? Yeah, 100%. I thought you'd be on my side. Why would he be on your Why? side? You guys are men. We're not. You, it's you, different for us. This is like weird thing that because we're men, we don't hate photos of ourselves. We're like, <laughs> we're men. We always look good. I don't know. I uh, mm. I just grow a beard to hide my chin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, I have yet to see a stand-up picture of me that I like. That's all right. That, you don't have to like Genuinely like. I'll post ones that I'm like, oh, I like the energy in this photo. Yeah. But it's not. fine. But, it, but it's it would nice, be nice that you have those photos of yourself doing the thing that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah, for sure. When you said that, I, I kind of chuckled because when you said pictures of people doing the things that they're passionate about, and I just pictured a picture of me on my phone, like in bed, laying. Watching TikToks? <laughs> yes, yes. Just watching an abundance that's, of TikToks. That's literally what I was like. Someone but needs to get you, a picture of me in bed. If you enjoy that, that's fine. Scrolling mindlessly, watching videos of people restocking closets and cats smelling things. Cats smelling things is the name of my album. <laughs> What is the name of your album? Have you picked a name? No idea. No idea. Really? Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to name it yet. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the same like uh, this is the same process that I'm going to do when I'm a father. I'm going to wait for the baby to come out and then really hang on to it for a few months and then decide. <laughs> Pull a Kylie Jenner. I'm sure, I don't even know who that lady is or what she did, but yeah, Kylie Jenner, one of the Kardashians. Um, she had a kid that was unnamed. Actually, it was named Wolf. Kardashians, I'm more of a bike dashian guy. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> okay, Albert Coombs. Yeah, <laughs> Kardashians, man. <laughs> I'm more of a bike dashian kind of guy. The kid was named Wolf. Wolf for a short time, and then for a short time, and then she took away the and then name. He got tranquilized by the government because <laughs> wolves, <laughs> because wolves are an endangered species, but they also cannot be found within city limits. <laughs> Because they pose, an, pose a danger to humans. Could you? So this is what I would do if I were you. Well, yeah, if I it. were you. Yeah, tell me I'm never going to record do. a comedy album. So yeah, that's a good thing to put into the air. It's a I good can't. Thing. Oh, did you just you just subscribe to the universe caring? The universe doesn't care. Mm. It's not going to give you what you want. You got to get yourself. It oh, yeah, truly I, doesn't care about you. I know. It's we are about to implode. Like things are going to end soon. I'm banking on it. I'm too. I want to be around for it. Claire Belford has a great bit about the end of the world right now. Oh, Every time I've seen her do it, like I've seen her two the, or three times since I've been here, and I'm like, oh my god. Is it the 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 uh, yeah? Well, I'm not gonna well, say, what say it is because yeah, I, I don't know. know. Who knows? She's got I so much it. on the go. She's doing so friggin' well that I'm just like, I'm not gonna say what the bit is because who knows? It's probably gonna be on TV or something. Crazy. It'll be on TV soon. But uh, yeah, and her special. And, but yeah, that's that joke is so fucking funny. Yeah. About the end of the world. Anyways. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah, this is what I would do if I I was naming a comedy album. 
you could find like, I guess, like a common theme in your jokes or maybe like something you reference multiple times and yeah. play off of that. Yeah. I'm going to call it Matt Baker lack of confidence <laughs> or uh, Matt Baker <laughs> should have really worked this material out for a bit more. <laughs> Stop. OK, actually, well, we got to get into the assumption segment because I have a bunch of assumptions. We're going to do assumptions. My assumptions about you, you're never proud of yourself. Yeah, that's good. What the fuck, man? I was like, Baker, he did so great. Amazing job. Not one part of you went, I did the thing and I'm proud. Yeah, no. What? <laughs> but I think I think that'll come maybe, um, maybe, maybe once I have it like out. Like I just, Richard actually just sent uh, sent me the audio file like what, like just before I sat down, so I'm gonna listen to them and probably stay up and but I like I may not listen to them right away just because I know I'm gonna like worry about it. So I'm I'm either gonna listen to them tomorrow or I'll wait until I'm flying home on Sunday and listen to them then. But uh, I think the pride thing just comes with like um, looking back. I I definitely think I could have done a lot more to prepare for it, but. Uh, I didn't. But it's your first album. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. More. I just ha I had to do it. I had to just get it done, and then that way, moving forward, I could be like, okay, well, yeah, maybe this sucks, but at least now I, I know the next one's not going to suck as much because it should be better than this, and I've learned that. So, and it's not going to suck. It was great. Yeah, who knows? You did fantastic. It was yeah, it was cool. It was fun. It was a good. It was all right time. It was. You did a good job, and you should be proud. Uh, be proud of yourself more for doing the things because not everyone does the things. Not everyone does the things. And you did the thing. You did the thing and you should be proud for just doing it. The thing. The thing. Nice. <laughs> Recording and not. You did two back to back shows. Which which one did you like more in terms of, I guess, like having fun on stage and like. Oh, the second show was way more riffy. Second yeah. show was way more. So first show was just like more about getting the material out and like, because I hadn't had a chance to actually work that 45 like uh, for a while. Mm. And uh, even like I had a good idea that I knew what I was going to try to do for it. But anytime I go on stage, there's just like, like the, like, you know how people have like the devil and the angel on one shoulder? Yeah. Well, mine's like material and crowd work and material yeah. is just like dead. Like I killed material long ago. I was like, I don't even give a shit what you have to say material. I just want to talk to crowd work. <laughs> so every time I go on stage and I think I'm going to work, you know, a big chunk of material, what I end up doing is just a lot of crowd work. Mm. And uh, because of that, I don't actually ever get to weave everything together <laughs> as, as much as I wish I could. Uh, so last night was, uh, a great example of just like having to actually sit down and do bit after bit after bit after bit after bit without really riffing on anything without even being able to pull the audience too much or anything like that. So that was like a bit of a, a weird moment for me, but, uh, the first show was all tight. I, well, I felt it was all pretty tight with material. I don't really, really think I got to riff at all. And then the second show uh, I felt decent enough with the first show and, and Richard who recorded it and who I'm ever so thankful for. Thank you so much. You Richard. got such, I was so relieved when I saw him Oh yeah, because I, I so wasn't nice. sure who was doing your audio and I was like, I'm hoping it was fucking yeah, Richard. He's so fucking great. Hell yeah. He's guy. fantastic. Thank you at what so he much does. Richard. You're the best. He will make it sound amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I told him about Travis's laugh track over it. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. I told him to take it from his album. But uh, yeah. So then the second show I got, I, I just felt a little looser. Yeah. And, um, uh, 
so I, I riffed a couple of good moments and like one of the first moments I riffed, I got like a really good response on. Fuck yeah. So I was like, Oh, why the fuck am I doing material? <laughs> yeah. Well, you could do, you could, would you, would you then put in kind of a mix? Yeah. 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 So like that'll definitely, I'm going to try and make sure that that's a track just because I really enjoyed the riff and I thought that, uh, it was quality enough to be like its own little one-off thing. It's own little um, thing. So yeah, I definitely want it to be a looser feel anyways. Yeah. Because I, like that's oh, more you yeah it is and that's the thing like for me to do 45 of straight material was not me yeah you know, i was trying to be something that i'm not which is like just a material guy right so, but in february i'm recording a all crowd work special i'm filming one so it's oh, just well, then all fuck yeah man work. holy yeah, shit yeah, yeah. oh that's amazing yeah so that'll be good but yeah so the first show was good for the material but the second show was way more riffy that's but you have the mix now and you have both vibes yeah and you have the straight material one and you have the crowd work one. Yeah, yeah. Crowd work is like, I really want to get into crowd work. I'm slowly getting there. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, it art. is, I am really drawn to it. And I, I think as soon as I started thinking about it, like, they're just little mini podcasts. Yeah, like, they with, are, for sure. With, with, you know, don't don't make it long. Like, don't. Uh, I would but, say, um, like, uh, if you want to get into crowd work, host a bunch. Like, to get, go yeah. out of your way to host a lot because when you host, like, if. This is going to be like my own personal opinion about hosting. But mm. when you host, the last thing you want to see a host do is go up there and be like, hey, Jokes. I'm so-and-so. We're going to have a great show. Uh, I noticed the other day on the bus and then everyone goes into shit. It's like way mm. better to address it because you are hosting like a party. So when you start a party, you talk to everyone. How's everyone feeling? Oh, yeah. You got to talk right? off the top. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, when get you a- host, you get to riff a bit more and you get to interact with the crowd. You get to kind of pull. You get to, oh, is anyone here for anything? You start off with basic crowd work stuff. Like, is anyone celebrating and who's coming from where? But that stuff eventually leads you to the ability to be like, oh, as long as I throw this out, there's a moment there where there's a, a pause and they respond. And in that moment, I can think of how I want to respond. And then mm. your brain starts functioning like, oh, I can volley this. And then, yeah. boom. But yeah, hosting is going to definitely, like if you want to be good at crowd work, like obviously, again, this is just my view on it. Like hosting is going to, that's what, that's what got me to where I am. And not that I'm a great crowd work guy, but it's definitely the thing that I enjoy the most. I actually, I actually really enjoy hosting. I've done it quite a few times. Yeah. And hosting guesses and, um, yeah, it's, it, it forces you into that like very casual connect with the audience mode. And also you're giving the comics on the lineup information mm-hmm. that like they like, you know, so if you're talking to the crowd and you find out someone works a construction job or there's, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they, you're probing that you're other probing people them. can use later on. Too. Yes. Like if you do, who's, who's any single people in the crowd tonight? And maybe you riff off of one, yep. then there's other people who can come back and use that exact information that you use to then exactly. play off their own jokes. And what that oh, yeah. does too, is it allows um, everyone in the room to be like, oh, this is kind of being catered towards us almost. Like, yeah. oh, I'm ref- I'm referencing this guy that we all can see in this exact moment. And then yeah. that joke feels more or less like it's being conversed with as opposed to just delivered. Uh, uh, just regurgitated. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, I've always went to probe comics. Yeah, well, don't say it like that. But <laughs> I purposely said it like that. You, you want to probe the audience members. <laughs> don't probe comics. <laughs> Yeah, or yeah, sure, probe Brian, whatever you want to do. Why am I not shocked, Brian? Yeah, you're gonna keep him here forever and he's just gonna get probed. <laughs> okay. Um I wrote 
Okay, so because of the crowd work thing, because of how magical you are at it, I wrote, you must be really good on first dates. Uh, <laughs> I The way that I see it is, like, I'm a podcaster, so I'm great on dates. Yeah. That's so confident. No, no, I, but, but I am. Like, like at the very, very fucking least, I will ask them yeah, questions yeah, about themselves, questions. and yeah, I'm yeah. curious, and I will, even if I'm like, there's nothing here, um, I will make that person feel important. Uh, I well to make a not to, not to make it weird, but to be like I I don't think I've ever really gone on a first date. Oh really? Yeah, like most of the people that I've been with, I've just kind of like Friends, been like coworkers or, or people that like have just gotten to know and then turned into what it was. Oh. Like I've never really invited someone out for a date. And not like, like a get to know you date. Yeah, like from an app, app or no, anything. No, no, no. What? No, no. You should do that. I never. No, I've never pulled from an app. I think maybe once I kind of did something and it wasn't fun, and then I was like, all right, well, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm sure it would be fun. But like, uh, crowd work is it's fun to riff. Like if I sometimes I'll download like. Not sometimes. The odd time if I download Tinder, yeah, I'm, I'm more or less. It's just fun to like riff on there than it is to actually meet. Well, up that was people. another thing I had. I was like, you, you must be good on the apps. I'm like not a boring person to text with. On no, apps. I'm still boring. Like I'll riff with women, and they're like, we don't like this, and then they <laughs> <laughs> they unmatch it. Do they literally say that? No, they just do the unmatch thing. <laughs> what? Yeah, no, it's nicer that way. <laughs> I just assume they delete the app. They're like, well, there's no one better than this guy and I can't have him delete. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of right. Kind of wrong. Not really sure where I landed. Yeah, yeah. We'll, call it a, we'll call it a tie. Um, I wrote that your feelings. <laughs> I can feel like I'm already wrong with this. Your feelings don't get hurt easily. Um, so what I mean by that is, is like, you're not, Okay, you're a Pisces moon, so you're kind of sensitive by default, but you're not overly sensitive. Yeah, I've been compared. Someone called like uh, a couple of people called me like an emotional robot before, emotionless robot. But no, I don't. I don't. See, I don't. I don't agree with that. No, it was a it was a compliment for sure. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird. Who called you that? I don't want to get into it. Oh. Someone you were dating? Yeah, yeah, obviously. I hope um, so. Jeez, that's a random stranger. Be like, hey, don't know who you are, but I just wanted to see that you. No, just. I feel uh, like you you don't take things personal. Yeah, I don't dive. Uh, I don't deep dive into things too uh, too quickly. I no. stay in the shallow end for quite some time, and because of that, it's just like easier for me to be like, okay, that that, that is what it is, and I try not to take anything super super personal because. Oh, yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah, we're all, you know, we're all humans. We all fault. And I don't really like to make anyone feel bad or like take things personal. And my dad is really good at that. My dad's like insane, like Zen master. Like when we were younger, yeah. it was kind of different. But now that we're older and he's older, like he's just like, it's just like, oh, kind of. He doesn't say it is what it is, but he's very good at the like, you know, what can you do about it? And that's like kind of how yeah. I try and go about most things. It's just like. Huh. There's quite literally nothing I can do. Yeah. So, like for things that are out of, out of your control yeah, happening around you. Exactly. It's like, like why? Yeah. Why be stressed? Like it's just only making you less peaceful in yeah. yourself. So like, I, I feel like some people can hurt me for sure, but like not to the extent that I let it like bother me enough mm. just because I'm just like, Oh, but that's because I don't think I invest in it enough to get, you know what I mean? To, to get hurt in a sense where I'm like so dedicated to that, that, 
like if I was betrayed by it, it hurts. So oh, much. you keep things at a distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah. safety. Yeah, like I stay in the shallow end. I stay for shallow the whole time. And then but you're not a shallow easy. person. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't think I'm a shallow person. Not like um, all shallow how. Yeah, that's a great film. It's a that documentary. That is a great film. <laughs> was that Jack Black? Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah. All right. Well, this one's kind of connected to what I just said, but I just wrote that it's hard to get you in a bad mood. I feel like I've never seen a pissed off baker. No, I don't really get life. angry. I don't think like like it like it's like I don't I don't see you as someone who's gets angry or like pissed off. Like you're very even keel, which is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A I very good thing. Try not to. Uh, I try not to. Uh, portray emotion too easily, especially if it's like anger or, or uh, like disappointment or anything like that. I try and stay neutral with the bad, the bad emotions. And then I try and amplify the good emotions. Ah. So like if I'm feeling upset, I'll, I'll try really my best to like be as Swiss as I can about it in a sense. Oh, but like if I'm, fe- if I'm stoked, then I really go out of my way to be like, Oh, this is sick. So then that way, ideally that becomes more contagious. And right? that's what radiates out. Kind yeah, of yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah, when yeah. you're negative, like, and, yeah. and people know that you're down that like, it's, you're going to bring the vibe down. It's not your intention by any means, but like, feel called but out when you're that. like stoked and then you like go above and beyond to be like, I am stoked. And then that's just gets everyone jazzed up too. So I'd rather yeah, I've been leaning. Uh, I talked about this with Brian on our episode. Yeah. I've been leaning into the fact that I'm just not a happy person. <laughs> That's all right, though. And that I literally think it's my personality at this point. It's been 35 yeah, yeah. years where I'm like, I see people. There is a colleague of ours. Shout out Amanda Spriggs. 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 I don't know. She's very positive on Twitter. She's always talking about like, I'm a big ball of love today. And uh, there's I have this routine of replying to her tweets with, we're very different. <laughs> <laughs> Some like, people, some people like, will fake it till they make it. And online personalities are very different than well, whoever you actually are, too. Right? Well, not, and I don't really like toxic positivity. Toxic? I never even heard that term. It, it's like, like just this overly positive, like not really like everything's about, gonna be okay and we're all wonderful. I just, I hate that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I there's like an acknowledgement that has to be made for like you know. Yeah. The only way there's positivity is if there's negativity, like you light in the dark, all that yin and yang or whatever. I just hate to say it, but like most times when I'm negative, I'm correct. Yeah. So like <laughs> it only reinforces me being like either realistic or well, like I, I consider myself a realist. Yeah. I, I know a lot of people might not consider me that because because they think astrology. That's not real. <laughs> Everything we have in this world is literally just stuff that's been made up anyways. And it's just come to fruition because it is like microphones, like was fake and through they're real. So like astrology is like, who cares? I don't care if you believe in that sweet. If you don't think it's real, then who, then you don't think it's real. But at the end of the day, by like, the way, great attitude to have yeah. in the dating world. What oh, you just for said, sure. not being because the thing is <laughs> when you're an astrology bitch yeah. and you're dating, there's nothing that sets us off more like because like I feel like there's this thing where women who <laughs> I'm gonna pop off with this. There's Hold this on, thing. Before we pop off, I want to tell you there's this guy uh, in the West Coast scene, uh, Patrick McCann, amazing comedian. So funny. OK, and I'm going to 
bite his joke for a bit because just because it's so fucking relevant to this what we're convers- talking about <laughs> his joke is basically uh i've never gotten my dick sucked for not believing in astrology exactly <laughs> so so the key is and like this- and that's his bit by the way oh. patrick began follow him so funny See, not maybe, my bit i would never say such maybe a thing. now i'm tripping on his bit because i'm trying to write a bit where it's like Guys need to believe in it just the right amount where yeah. it's it can't be you can't hate it too much, um, but you can't love it too much. You got to compare it to like uh, sports bandwagoners like yeah. like someone's jumping on too soon. Now you're like, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. you never rooted for this team in the first place. Yeah. Like you're into the sport, but you were never like all about it. Yeah. It has to be. I don't care yeah, yeah. either way. That's the hottest trait in a man yeah. to a guy to that not does, care. Yeah, a, a guy that does that's not what get we want, rattled, baby. And a guy that does not get rattled when I I said Pisces Moon earlier and you didn't flinch. Yeah, yeah, that's because I thought you said pizza soon. <laughs> <laughs> I was like pizza soon. Thank God. <laughs> what was it? It was like Travis said once in a fucking like live stream. We we're talking about astrology. <laughs> it's like I went Taurus leaving. <laughs> I, was, I was like, oh my god. That's fucking great. The guy with the riffs. But it's just like there's nothing less attractive than the ones that get really riled yeah. about astrology because then girls like me, I want to rile them more yeah, yeah, because I love it. that it's pissing you off. Yeah, because then you say stuff like, well, you're acting a bit like a Libra right now. And they're like, what? What does that even mean? You're like, yeah. well, exactly what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Libras wouldn't do that. Yeah, I know. They're into balance. Um, we are into balance, I guess. By the way, yeah, both you and Brian are Libras. We are Libras. Libra kids. We're going to get Libra tattoos tomorrow, maybe. Oh, yeah. you should get Libra no. tattoos. No, we won't get Libra tattoos, but. Uh, uh, I love Libras, both men and women, nice. I think. Yeah, because Libra women, I mean, all of you guys are just attractive people. Oh, geez. I think Libras and Sagittarius are the most attractive. Uh, okay, here we go. Another assumption. You hold yourself to a ridiculously high standard. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I hold myself to a ridiculously high standard, but I hold myself to a a standard of which I find is uh, equal amongst my peers. So like I... I Like I wouldn't say it's ridiculous to say high standard. I just, I like any, anytime I'm measuring myself, I'm like, just where do I sit amongst the people that I care about the most? Oh, interesting. So like, it's, it's not my ridiculously high standards. I'm not like setting these crazy out of bar stuff just for myself. I'm just like, well, where are my, where are the people that I care about the most in, in the thing that I care about? Like in comedy, the people that I care about the most, what are they doing and what standard are they operating at? And am I getting to that standard? Is it the people you care about the most that are also around the same quote unquote level? No, no, no. As like, you or just just the people you look up to? Just like people like both people I I, I look up to and both people on the same level. Like I just hmm. they, I know that if it's a shared passion, then the quality that they have and the standard that they have should be similar to mine. Got ya. So it's not a ridiculous standard because I've seen it been done. So it's not like, oh, it needs to be the best. But it's just like, oh, now I can look at this and be like, this is what so-and-so did. And you know what? I do feel like that's this is on par with that. And now I can like take a little bit of pride in thinking that, you know, these two things could go toe-to-toe and I would feel comfortable with it. Mm. So Yeah, like for example, if you respected a comic that was smart. I don't respect anyone. If you respected (laughs) a smart comic, um, uh, 
like you probably like I, I probably wouldn't be like I'm doing a comedy album after two years. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but honestly, too, because like, oh if, man, would I piss people off with if that? If you resp- like, if you love comedy, then why not? Like, I don't think there's anyone that can tell you when is the right time to do something because at the end of the day, like I thought now is the right time to do this album, but I wasn't ready to do it. But I did it, and now moving forward, I can kind of do more, and it's like a shooting off point, like it's a launching off point. Like I learned by doing an album what to do in an album that's right so that's the only thing you can do so if you want to like sure maybe you don't have the material to do an album two years in but no. the, the fact that you say like in this fictitious scenario that you want to do an album mm. you'll become a better comic trying to do that album interesting two years in then not trying to do it See, for eight that's years an you know what interesting I mean? perspective because i agree with that but there's also, so I had a uh, show. I know he's probably listening. Hello, Josh Poulin. Um, hey. New comics, like under a year in, started in February. Yep. Made a point when I was talking to him about goals. Goals, yep. And shoulders, he was like, I, I don't have any. I, I, I just want to get good at the art. And I don't want to have expectations. Uh, and I was like, I don't know what's the better way to go. Because I'm on the goal end. And I <laughs> I finally don't have as much fun because I'm always aiming for success. I'm I'm always like aiming for perfect. Yeah. That I find that I'm I don't find comedy as fun as like say someone like Josh who is just truly like like gives himself little goals. Like he he was saying you know every set I have a little goal for myself whether that's like take a sip of my drink more or <laughs> hold, the mic, hold the mic. Hey, <laughs> hydrate like yourself more during your set. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Way to set some goals. But like little things like little stage presence things. Yeah. yeah. But I guess he's very new in. he only started in February, but, yeah. but like I, I like motivators like that mm. personally, it makes me work harder, but I, I, maybe that's just a personality type thing. I definitely think goals, um, are important in comedy, but I think just the way you go about measuring them and like how you create them, I think is gotta be different. Like I yeah. think if you put like numeric values on certain things with goals, it's always you're, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yes. Like if you're like, I numeric. need to write 20 minutes a day. Uh, yeah. Well, then you're going to just disappoint yourself. But if you're like, I need to have at least three bits a month that I feel really stoked about. That's a little bit better. Like, yes. Sure. Three is a numeric value, but at least it's just like, okay, I know that within that I need to have this. I got to feel better about it. And, but like, it seems a lot more accomplishable, but then at the same time you realize that you can probably do that pretty easily. And then it makes you eliminate the ones that you don't even think are that great. So then you're focusing on, I need to make like three really good ones this month kind of thing. Yeah, that's fair. But I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't set goals for myself too much in comedy. Like the biggest goal I had right now was just making this album. Mm. And even that was just more or less because I wanted to do it. I wanted to try it out. I wanted to see if I could do it. And then I, I had the material for it. Yes, you did. Hell part. yeah. So, uh, yeah. So Fuck yeah. it's important to set goals, but also it's important to just kind of like uh, not measure yourself against others and see where they're at and you're at and then base up like base stuff off of that enough too, right. Like I wouldn't have recorded an album if I didn't think that I should be recording an album in a sense that like I know people that are around my level or around my experience level per se are starting to work towards that. So I'm like, okay, I feel safe trying to go for that. Right. Interesting. So it's more of like 
they inspire you, but you're not comparing yourself to them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like because like comparison will yeah, is not a thief great. Of joy, but like yes, it is. Everyone's gonna laugh at everything differently. Like, I mean, you've seen a bunch of comedy. I've seen a bunch of comedy. Brian's seen a bunch of comedy. Like, when you watch enough comedy, you're gonna see a crowd that loves one person a lot, and then you're gonna yeah. go to a, a new room the next day and see that person eat a bag of dicks. And then you're going to be like, well, that person, are, are they consistent? Do they suck? No, it's just like, who knows? Maybe that just wasn't their crowd. And you've got, you filled a room with 70 people who absolutely loved him. And in that situation, they just like, it was 70 people who maybe didn't like, like him that much. But like the fact that there's a comedy album out there, you know, so like I'm going to enjoy someone's stuff a lot more than maybe you might, but that doesn't mean the album that I'm listening to is bad or the album that you're listening to That's is right. bad. It's all just personal. So it's it's all, all just personal. It so is all totally personal. You got the thought process I kind of had was like, if I just put it out there, maybe I don't even like it, but there's a good chance that someone out there is going to like it. Well, yeah. And then if someone likes it, then they, they follow me. And then that's someone who wants to see more of my comedy. And that means I get to do more comedy. Yeah. It all works out. Yeah. So I it, love that. if it's like, the goal was to go in there, record it, see what happens. If it sounds good, which I'm like, I'm sure the sound will be great because Richard does a great job. Like, I mean, like just the actual quality of everything mm. sound wise will sound good. Then I'm just I'm going to put it out, even if I'm not like a thousand percent stoked on it. Uh, I'm still going to do it because then it there's a chance that people hear it and do love it. And they're, so you're going to bring them to me and I'm going to have more people that want to see me. And then I'm going to want to do better for those people. Mm -hmm. And then the next album I do is going to be better than the first. Like you want to always be one upping yourself. You want to be like, Oh, Oh, doing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not like looking at others and trying yeah, to be better than them. Exactly. Like mm -hmm. everyone's had this happen to them at a show where someone's like, Oh, you were the best. And you're like, yeah, but that's just what you felt. There's also three other people going up to another comic at the end of the show saying you were the best. Right. And neither of those people are wrong because the best is up to the person who's telling it to you. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's shitty when they're like, you were the best. Everyone else sucked. <laughs> it's shitty because... when they compliment the comic beside you, but not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You. That's always fun. That's why you gotta be careful where you stand at the end of a room. I like, to just bolt uh, for my colleagues after sets yeah, so no yeah. one can say anything to me yeah, yeah. <laughs> just no 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 can't hear you don't fucking talk to me the best is when you get a good set it. and you weren't even on the show <laughs> oh that's my, my god favorite. i i had a uh, district five i did recently and um and <laughs> this woman came up to me and i hadn't done that room since it was the old district five yeah, yeah, yeah. but now it's this new revamped version um, and a woman came up to me like I drunk, like 40 year old woman. I love you. You sound great. She's like, I saw you the other week. He, you were here the other week. And I was just like, I was like, I can't argue with her. She's trying. Oh, thank you week. so much for the compliment. <laughs> I was just like, you definitely didn't see me. And I'm also curious as to who you saw that you thought was me. Yeah. 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 You know, that's good though. Hey, whatever. As long as they're coming yeah. and supporting comedy, you're just like, yeah, that was me. I was also doing this. So thanks so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, it would it'd be worse if she was like, I saw you last week and you were way funnier last week <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't you in the first place. You're like, yeah. Hey, that's not me. And B ouch. And <laughs> B ouch. That's so funny. Uh, okay. The only other assumption I had for you, you got was, a lot of assumptions, dude. <laughs> uh, this is the last one. I had more with Josh because Josh was just like a mystery man. Yeah, Because yeah. I didn't really didn't well, know. Yeah, I only bump shoulders with him. I can understand why you see you know, he's, he's a mystery. Oof, he studies comedy, dude. Like yeah? to an insane analytical. You gotta keep a distance it, from things sometimes. In an too. analytical way, spreadsheets of data. Spreadsheets of data. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, he's a software developer though. Mm. 
So it like I, I can I can understand how the brain works that way. Um, no, I'm everyone's going to do it. As long as you're funny, it really doesn't matter what fucking process you use to become funny. Fair enough. Fair enough. But if um, you're not funny and you have like spreadsheets of data, I'm going to be like, mm, that's kind of weird. Let me just hide my spreadsheets. <laughs> just close these windows. Um, the other assumption I just, uh, this is just a basic one. I just assume that you are very adaptable in weather. <laughs> because we walked in the cold from Quimple to... Where was it? Yeah, we were going from uh, Oxford to the sh- Tap Room to Sin- Silly Sesh on I have a f- Argo. You're tough with weather. Yeah, you're you're comparing me to a duck. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you know what? I assume I assume you are a duck. <laughs> Every no type of weather bothers you because of the outdoorsy thing. I feel like you can withstand like extreme cold and extreme heat. Probably. I think everyone can. They just, everyone's different. Uh, mentally, they're just like, I'm uncomfortable now. And then, oh, I and see then it's just mean. like, I mean, yeah, your body's going to get uncomfortable, but it's just like how much you want to be like, okay, I'm recognizing I'm uncomfortable, but am I dying? No. Do I know where I'm going? Yes. Am I going to get there eventually? And then I'll warm up and then I'll be comfortable again. Yes. So it doesn't matter. It'd be different if we're just walking in the Antarctic. Mm. And I was like, yeah, this is the worst. But yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable if I'm aware of what's going on. Because you do the cold plunges. You go in the yeah, cold yeah, water. We, we went in the, the ocean on Tuesday. Can I ask, have you seen benefits from that? Like, like just I don't like, get to do it often enough to see benefits. No? No, no, no. Do you see like, are you more energized the day that you oh, do yeah, it? Oh, yeah, yeah, Like instantaneously, yeah, it, you feel like a million bucks. The adrenaline like really yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. kicks out, eh? I, and I, I like. Oh, I want to do it. My little spooky lady, spooky bitch, as Brian Otter always says, spooky bitches uh, bit. Um, I genuinely think that going into the ocean, having like bare feet on the ground, going to the salt water, feeling the feeling the pull of like the tide and all that. I genuinely think there's like benefits to that in like yeah. a weird magnetic world way. So when you get to do that and you get to experience nature because we all are nature, we're all we've done such a good job as humans of separating ourselves from this like uh, basically natural systems that we're all, we are see, like we are originally a part of, but now we've distanced ourselves from it so much that we view nature so much differently. Like it's yes. a complete alter ego to us. Uh, but we are that we are the water that's in the, the ocean and in, in the sand and the gravel. We're, we're all that shit. So when you return yourself to that, not to get all fucking hippie, no, like, when you return yourself to that, it's like a, a nice feeling to just be like, Oh yeah, this is it. Like thousands of years ago, this is what people just did. And now, it feels stupid for me to be like, oh, I hope people buy tickets to my yeah. album. Yeah, no, it, no, exactly. It puts things in perspective. Eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes you just like, okay, cool, whatever. Go in the ocean. Or, I, I could, or the ocean could take me away right now and and I'll die and I won't record an album. I've so always wanted to try the polar dip thing. It's great. It's, I just it's don't have fun. access to the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Other yeah. than the harbor, yeah, which the harbor. I don't recommend. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Your body's gonna, it's gonna be cold <laughs> and you'll build up the tolerance. Yeah. I would become a meme. That's why I'm not doing that. You'll become a meme? Meme, yeah, for sure. Oh, I thought you said immune. I thought you were trying to say immune. <laughs> a meme? <laughs> I've oh. already been a meme in this city. I can't do it again. Oh, really? Yeah. So I am um, actually Joe Harfouche is part of the story. <laughs> uh, he was dating my, oh, sorry, Joe, if you're listening, I'm mentioning. Hey, sorry, ex, Joe. Sorry about ex, your ex there, bud. Your ex girlfriend. Um, He was dating. My roommate at the time. And it was right after a massive snowstorm. Like we got so much snow and there was this huge pile of snow in the Walmart parking lot near our place. And I was in 
this complex, just another apartment building with this roommate. And I decided to like dress up as Wonder Woman and go stand on top of it as like a dun da da. Yeah, Yeah, it's like a cool like (laughs) in the snowstorm, which and it was freezing out. Yeah, and like I was in like snowstorms tend to be cold. They do. Just for the viewers out there, the viewers and the listeners, uh, snow, if you don't know, occurs in negative temperatures. So Uh, if there's a whole storm of it, you can almost guarantee that it's not going to be tropical. It's not going to be warm. Please continue. Um, Anyways, and I went and I stood and he took a video and also picture me and it went viral the next day on Twitter. Like a radio station retweeted it and like, I don't know. I, I think the title was like. Something like the hero we need or uh, nice. So it was like a positive thing. It was a positive thing. Okay. So it's really funny because every now and then I'll scroll the Halifax Reddit and just see if people are mentioning the podcast at all. Oh, I did. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I went on there because I saw that you had like someone plugged the podcast. I can't do it or I'll get kicked out. And so I went on there. If you go on that uh, feed, you'll see that uh, someone said, you know, the intoxicated podcast is pretty funny. They have local comedians on in there. It's a nice little comedy podcast. Yeah, you should check it out. Oh, my God. That's so nice. Thank Check you. it out. Check it out. Um, uh, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Because th- there was one post in there at one point that was uh, um, uh, about looking for a local podcast. Yeah. So and, that's the one and, I responded to. But no, this was like oh, a while ago. Okay. This was a while ago. And, and someone wrote, intoxicated. The host is the uh, wonder. Actually, they got the heroes mixed up. I think they called me like Supergirl or something. Either way. Yeah. I was like, they knew. I was as long as hero. they knew you're a female superhero. And they're not like, uh, yeah, the host was dressed up as Iron Man and sat on top of a pile of dirt or something. <laughs> <laughs> the host got shittered and just stood on top of a dumpster in a Hulk costume. And- <laughs> it was a badass moment, though. But I do think I do need to do a little polar depth situation. I would love to, like, experience that. Talk to Joe. He'll I look you up. I feel like I will be cursing a lot. Oh, yeah. It's not like. When How you're- long do you stay in? Oh, you just, it's in and out. In and out. Yeah, yeah. The pol- de- I treat the polar tip the same way I treat intercourse. Like, it's quick. <laughs> it's really fast, and usually I end up screaming and saying, I regret this. <laughs> Honestly, as a workaholic, appreciate that. Yeah. I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why? Of course it's going to be that small. It's cold, you know? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's so funny. Um. Okay. Are you ready for the second segment? Yeah, bring it on. I'm curious to know if you have a rant for me. A rant? I thought, I tried to think of something to rant about, but honestly... Oh, uh, nothing pisses me off. I'm a Libra Zen man. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll rant about something. Oh, it'll probably be comedy wise. No, no, no. Pop it, off. It can be anything. Pop off. can be anything. I, I could rant about comedy for days. I'll rant about comedy. There's unreleased podcasts that, that could get me in trouble. Do it. I don't care. No one cares. Just say what you want. Uh, I, I'll rant about comedy. And I think that, uh, I think that people need to realize the benefits of show up, go up mics. And, uh, and yeah, that's a one. And then, oh, here, I'll rant about another one. This is like a scenario that's been happening in the, in the scene that I'm a part of. And there was a situation that occurred between two bookers where one booker was like, if you work with this guy, you can't work with me. And I'm ranting in the fact that like, as a uh-huh. comedian, if you want to be a good comedian, you want to make a living doing comedy, you can't 
like obviously if there's actual moral things involved then yeah you should make a decision and choose how you go about your business but if it's just weird shit yeah at the end of the day if you want to be a comedian be a comedian go to the place that you're getting paid that's consistent and that's offering you and treating you like a professional go to the place it's because like as much as there's there's huge friendships within the industry and everyone wants you to be your buddy, everyone wants to be your pal, and you can have that, you can have your cake and eat it too. You just need to be realize you need to realize like your own worth, what yes. you should get paid, what should be provided to you as a comedian, mm-hmm. and and then be like, okay, well, I'm not gonna just let someone tell me who I can and cannot work with. I'm yeah. gonna go about it. I'm gonna carry. I'm gonna make my own decisions, and then that way I'm in charge of whether or not I do well, whether or not I get stage time, whether you know. I'm not saying no to something because at the end of the day, every time you get up on stage, anytime you share a stage with someone, you're sharing it with a different person, ideally that you've never really worked with before, and then you shake hands with them, and then they shake hands with someone else and say, "Have you? Did you see this person? I just worked with them." So like, anytime you have a chance to work with someone new do it and if someone's telling you not to work with someone unless there's some weird friggin like actual moral issue with it just go and do it and i feel like if that person is making people be exclusive to them like yeah something there's something shady about that care like they clearly don't understand what it takes to be a working comic yeah yeah. um i was actually i won't be specific with this but i i was with a comedian here in halifax who responded to a booker about this exact situation yeah. and um, it was interesting just like seeing how he worded his response and you know set the boundary and it was nice seeing that and then once he did the guy was just like okay never mind <laughs> like, so, like he like totally like the, he was just like mm, okay they're like don't work with this person if you work here you can't work there and the but guy's then, like well, this is my response comic stood up yeah, for yeah. himself and then like the booker essentially retreated yeah good and I was you like, there to. you go. That's the, you have to stay on your fucking ground. That's the same situation that I was in. Like, um, so like there was a situation going on and I just went up and I was just like, listen, I appreciate all the opportunities that I've been given through this, this Avenue. Yeah. And I understand that there might be a feud with this Avenue, Yeah. but the way I see it is I'm trying to turn this into a job and, yes. and as a position in a job, I can't think about outside little childish shit. I need to think about what is best for me. Yeah. to make money, treat it like an actual job and to treat it like an actual job. I can't Turn look at it through gigs. weird fucking childish outside shit. Mm-hmm. When you look at it, how am I getting, am I getting paid? How consistent is this? What opportunities are being presented to me? And should I take them? And yes, you is it good for me them. to take this? Thing? Yeah, exactly. It's good. So yeah, yeah. that's uh, my rant is uh, always fucking don't let anyone tell you who you can and cannot work with. Just follow whatever feels the most professional and then that way you're working towards something bigger and better as opposed to yeah. worrying about stepping on people's toes or pissing off the wrong person. Because the, like the person who tells you they can't work with someone or any of that shit, like at the end of the day, they got their own shit that they got to deal with. But they're not in, in that exact moment. They're not looking out for you. No, no, which is, not. which is fine. But you got to look out for you. And then the way you do that is by being like, all right, well, then I'm going to go do this thing that is better for me. And comedy is a solo Pursuit. Like it is, you are on your, like in terms of like, yeah, you make the decisions. You don't have a boss being like, you know, performance reviews or whatever. Like you are your own critic. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. It's a wild, wild career to pursue. It's a lot. 
you look like you're like, do you, what's, what, what's that look? No, that is was, it existential crisis no, I was like, going so, on in your head? It, was it smart to say all that? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, you weren't specific. Or no, I wasn't specific, but it's pretty specific if you know. Sarah, follow up with Matt after it went while you're editing this and, and ask him if he gave any thought yeah. to what he just said. But going back to the show up, go up mic thing. Yeah. You ran one here in Halifax. Yeah, I used to run one with Robbie Vino, and we had a great time, and it was, I think, really beneficial to the scene. And I think every yes. place should have it. Like, in Kelowna, we have a Thursday open mic. Every, like, it's sometimes 40 people on that list. Holy and fuck. And I, I get it that it sucks sometimes, but, like, as a group, it's super fun to see people go up and do time, and you watch people grow, and, and new people get to see a lot of it. Whereas, like, when you limit people to having to book so far in advance, it's, it's really tough to to get in a rhythm mm-hmm. and to build the confidence and to like, yeah. be like, okay, well, I, who do I got a message on Tuesday to get on next Tuesday or three Tuesdays from now? Or who yeah. do I message on Monday? Who do I got a message on the Thursday? Who do I got a message on this? And then when you get into that, there's all, all this like aspect of like, Oh, well, these people got to get back to you. And everyone in the scene has day job, day jobs and stuff like that. So they're not immediately getting back to you. So it, yeah, I think every scene needs to have at least one show up, go up. And then that way it's fucking it's sweet. equal format, standard format. Everyone knows the format. Yeah, exactly. All you gotta do is show up. That's yeah. all you gotta do. And everyone can do that as long as they know the time. Yeah. You got four minutes, be there. Four minutes, short, quick, do yeah. your new shit. Don't yeah. do old stuff. The scene that we have now, um, like in Kelowna, it's the open mic is, is, is kind of show up, go up, but the guy makes the list in advance and then he has open spots for people who just haven't been able to sign up so maybe a brand new comic so he has like gaps in the list for new comics so that way they're not just stuck to go at the end that's what i did i ran two mics at dal for a short period of time and i i I kind of did it that way too where it was like i just left like for newbies coming wanting to do a first set or whatever yeah and having space for newbies is always great and i mean Mm -hmm. like i mean foggy goggle had that right foggy goggle was a joy what a joy because that was you know it was a mix of the two so she did pre-book people but then she had the four hot spots so and it was always kind of exciting too with the hot spots because like you would go and the way that i I, I say it is is like comics lined up like horses on a racetrack like we're all just like oh yeah who's gonna be next who's gonna be next and it was like exciting um and then and sometimes you wouldn't get to go up, but at least you came out. You got to see your friends. Yeah. Like I remember district, uh, not district, uh, daily grind. Um, the one yeah. that you hosted like that summer, 2020 summer, like that was so much fucking fun. Yeah. Sweet. Having everyone that there, so everyone knew that they were fun. getting on. So everyone got to like pay attention and, and think about their bits. And then everyone got to provide each other feedback. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. Best. I think I think there's benefits. I think every city city needs it, and I think most cities have it. But I think some places don't too. So we have one that's true. Show yeah, go up um, three months, which is great. Yeah, I think you just, everyone needs more. Ever, we need more show up. Go up. Need more show up. Go up. All right, we're done with the rant. We got two segments under our belt. We still have two more segments. Two more. Segments. Um, this is my most excited one that I'm curious. Matt, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with me? <laughs> Let's get a list. Let's go. <laughs> He's stalling everyone. He doesn't want to answer the question. Still going. Um. What's wrong with me? Uh, oh. I, don't, I don't know. I don't. I. What's. I, this is what I say to comics. Yeah. Focus on like current 
like currently, is there something that you're working on that's. Oh, I'm trying to become a better person when it comes to commitment. There you go. Yeah. Overall or romantic? Uh, we'll say overall. Yeah. Overall, just like. Overall, I like to, I like to be a little more committed to a, a lot of aspects of my life romantically. Hmm. I like I, I understand where I, I uh, fall short there. So it's not something I'm pursuing right now because I understand yeah. that like I get into stuff and then I, I back out of stuff. And that's like what we were talking about earlier with kind of being shallow, like the shot, like the shallow end stuff, like not diving headfirst into stuff, staying, mm. staying in the shallow end of things for a long time. And then that way it's easy to get out of the pool if I need to. Right. Um, which is like a shitty, I don't think it's a shitty thing to say, but it's just the way I go about stuff. And then that way it's, it's quick. And yeah. easy and, and it's just better. But Fair. yeah, so commitment wise, like romantically, I'm trying to work on that. And then also like just life wise, like career wise, committing to like actually focusing on comedy, giving myself the opportunity to take time off of work and being like, if you give yourself, yeah. if you set this stuff up and you force yourself to book a flight to Halifax and, and, and try and record an album, like committing to the fact that like no one's going to ask you to do this. So I had to commit to the fact that if I want to do comedy, I have to actually set it up so like no one asked me to do an album no one's like banging on my was, door like there's a couple of people i know that have had people offer to do albums for them right like some people have been like oh we want to like a recording companies or whatever come to them and be like oh we want to record your album or blah 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 whereas oh, like i know people who haven't had that and they just make it their <laughs> own and that's those like the only person that's going to do that is me and i the only way to do that is by committing by doing do it, by doing it so that was like a big thing for me i'm all about so I, I think about this a lot with podcasts because there's been a number of what yours, yours included. There's been a number of podcasts that I've helped produced that have not been released. Oh yeah. Albert and I made a podcast. <laughs> An evening of silliness. I still have your folder on my desktop That's good. with a bunch of gold in it. Save it. Uh, it's all still there. If you yeah, guys want it, there's a lot of um, weird shit on that one. <laughs> But it's like uh, I'm working with another set of comedians because my whole thing is is I my goal. Yeah, you love to help people. My goal is to start a comedy network. That's my dream. That's I want to call it the Big Cat Comedy Network in honor of Vaughn. I want it to be comedy podcast. No, just joking. <laughs> it's just fun here. A- I want it to be only comedy podcast by comedians, comedian run. Kind of like a little co-op, you know. We all cross yeah, you promote want to each do other. The mom and pa shop of comedy yeah. podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um. And um. When I was with them. Like there was all these shoulds going around. We should do this. And I just go yeah. book it, message that person right now. Yeah. Like just do it right fucking now. We're here. We're talking about these things. Yeah. That's the big thing. Why is, aren't we doing these things? It's it's so much better to put something in stone. And then that way, like it locks it in for yourself. Like when I knew that I wanted to do the album recording, the only thing stopping me was me. So I was just like, okay, I just have to say, this is the date I want to do. And this is when I'm doing it. And then I have to book a flight and then I have to acknowledge that it's a real thing. And then I have to, Yep. Then so then what becomes like what I should do is what I have to do now because I, you, you, I have a room booked so now I have to promote a show. Or, and you have a flight. Yeah, and I have a flight so now I have to try and recoup the cost of that flight by doing a show. Right. So you may like you have to commit to things to make things better and you have to give yourself a chance to really do that for you and. You're, I mean, everyone's guilty of saying I should do this or I should yeah. do that. So, I, oh. I mean, like, I should oh. probably quit comedy. But what? <laughs> just joking, folks. Uh, <laughs> uh, but. Uh, Have you ever legitimately wanted to quit? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved it so much. But I think 
the yeah. odd time people make you feel bad for wanting to take a break. Sometimes people are like, you can't take a break. <laughs> ding that bell. <laughs> that got personal for me. But you I think, ding that bell. I think I've also had that mindset about others too, where people yeah. are like, I want to take a break. And I'm just like, well, you can't take a break. Like just, I understand, but you need to keep going because I genuinely feel if you're passionate about something enough that, uh, you'll just pursue, like you'll keep going with it. But then as I've gotten older and as I've gotten, I think smarter, ideally you realize that like, you know, there is the saying too much of a good thing is bad. And I think comedy can be that too. Whereas like, if you get going a lot and you do a shit ton of it, like, and you don't take a break from it, eventually you're going to burn out. You're going to burn out. And there's some people that honestly can get away with it for sure. Like some <laughs> people, but to say that every person can or should is ridiculous because that's like, that's like saying every person should just do one liners. Like every comic is different. So how they're going to be able to come in and out of comedy is going to be different too. Totally different. So like I, we, uh, you and I had this conversation about like for myself, my comedy is a lot about experience. It's experience based. Like I usually talk about things that have happened to me or something that I've noticed. It's observational, but it's like, it goes beyond just like sitting here and being like, Hey, books are weird. Right. Yeah. It's, it's your observations about your, your experience. Yeah. But my occurrences. And if I don't have time to go do things to like to experience, then whatever I write about is pretty fucking boring. Yeah. And the only way to (laughs) do that is just like go out and do that. So like selecting time to be like, Oh, maybe I'm going to go do something else. And then that way, when I I, I experience something, I see the comedy in it and then I'm not doing comedy, but I'm writing comedy and I'm not. And you're inspired and I'm inspired and I'm not. And you're not, I think what happens is when you don't go to mics, people think you aren't doing comedy, but you're always doing comedy. You're always thinking about comedy. It's always in the back of your head. You're always looking at things and be like, why is that funny? Why, where's the funny in this? How come that made me laugh? And then you're like, okay, well I'm doing comedy even when I'm not on stage. Exactly. Like if I'm on the bus, I'm doing comedy. I'm just not performing. You're not performing it. And sometimes you need time to do that other stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's also so important to comedy. And it's just like, it, it really does. The, the, I, as as someone who does hustle, hate that fucking buzzword. Um, I'm legitimately trying to hustle less because I don't yeah, have, yeah. I I don't have inspiration. So I'm going back to the same old shit. You know what else can I say about the fives I had many many years ago? What else can I say about OnlyFans? Like it's so I hate it. Yeah. I I hate that about myself that I don't. So I'm really trying right now to like. Be present in my life is, is close to impossible now. I still haven't figured it out. Yeah, well, it, everyone's like I said, everyone's going to do it different, but it's just like let people take time and don't assume people have quit if they're taking some time off mics. I think I've had two weeks off and people are like, Are you on a hiatus? And I was just like, You guys, like, that's good though. I'm like, just, I will say I'm this, and, like, and this is like, I think Otter can kind of also agree with me here. It's like, if someone's reaching out to you and be like, hey, are you doing comedy still? They want you to do comedy still. Like, if you fucking suck at comedy and you disappear, no one's going to reach out to you. Just a heads up. Mm. Like, no, I'm sorry if you're watching this podcast <laughs> and you start doing comedy and you stop doing comedy and no one's messaged you. I'm, I apologize. But, like, it's true. Like, mm. anytime I've seen someone who's good at comedy and, and shows promise and, and, and you see the passion that they have for it and then they kind of disappear, I try and make an effort and be like, hey, yeah. Where are you? And it's, then that and way, it's actually really nice to hear that sometimes. Yeah. People want to, you, you almost need like, no matter what you do, no matter what passion you have, no matter what aspect of life you apply this to, there's always going to be a moment where you need to be reassured that it's something that like that your passion, even though 
like you just need to be reassured that you're you're actually doing well at it sometimes and that's okay to need that like oh yeah i mean for sure. and, and no matter how you get it like in, in, in my case sometimes i put out a passive aggressive tweet and then i get a message from someone who saw the tweet <laughs> You know, it's That's not, how it works. It's, how it works. it's not the journey. It's the destination. Doesn't matter how I got here. I got the message. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. <laughs> I think it's not she the, knows who she is. I think it's not the destination. It's the journey. Oh, I see. <laughs> so I have, so I'm trying to work on this whole self love. The idea that I was not, I did not pick self love. Yeah, I was yeah. not a hot girl that had a boyfriend. I just yeah. went, Oh, I'm done with this. I'm just going to love myself now and yeah, read yeah. some books and go to Greece. Like I was like, I, I, I read some books and go to Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I was like forced into it kicking and screaming. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like, I don't so love I think person. I should be grandfathered into self love because I put the time in, put the time in Well, that, <laughs> 10 years. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> so you, you and I both know people who've been doing comedy for 10 years and you're like, you are not very good at this still. God, I so self love. If you've been trying to self love yourself for ten years, like it doesn't, like it's really whether or not you're actually taking the time to focus on what it is that you need to do to help with your self love. Because like, yeah, if it's a pat, like if if it's a passive um, effort to do it, then yeah, you're gonna be fucking garbage at it, and you're gonna be like, oh, I should just get grandfathered in for it. Like, well, did you did you take the exact did you do the exact thing you need to do? Did you work out? Did you go jump in the ocean? Did you write positive affirmations about yourself? Did you look at yourself every day in the mirror and say, you know what? I deserve this. I'm better than this. I I, I need these things. Did you actually like take steps to make that happen for yourself? Or did you just do minute little changes yeah, here and there exactly. that you weren't consistent enough with? And then you're like, well, I've been doing it for so long and I haven't seen a difference. Like you can walk every day, uh, you know, get your 15,000 steps a day, but like, you're not going to turn into a fucking athlete, right? No, but yeah, if you're not yeah. trying to turn into an athlete, then that's fine. But if you're trying to really teach yourself self-love, then you got to walk more than 15,000 steps a day in a sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that comparison. So it's just, it's just such kind of a bullshit. It's just, I have a lot of opinions on it. Yeah. Yeah. Just for sure. The whole I can tell it's getting heated. Materialistic side of it that it's like, you need to go on a solo vacation and it's, it's, it's mostly TikTok that is yeah, like yeah. selling this idea. Well, of the you woman. also stay up late and watch a lot of TikToks. So you're yeah. like, and they feed them garbage. to me because they know I'm that's me or like, that's who I want to be or you whatever. Read a book. Yeah. I see you have a shelf of books. Actually, the last time you were on the podcast, you yeah. read yeah, Albert and I read some of your books. What time? We had to blow dust off them. <laughs> Dust and I assume it looked like dried cum, but we know your relationship, so I assume oh, it was just oh tears. My god. Oh my god! Attached, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. We were talking attachment styles. Yeah, there we go. There's the book I read the first two pages of. Nice, Otter. I'm gonna tell you what your attachment style is. <laughs> but Too before much. Be, before I do that, I want you to know that I'm gonna give you guys a just quick beware of attachment stereotyping. <laughs> Ah, folks, uh, again, this is from one of my favorite books. It is called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love. It's by Amir Levine, MD, and Rachel S.F. Heller, M.A. So that's great. It's a good read. Uh, you can find this at Costco and Chapters Indigo, also online at Amazon.ca slash books. The introduction, of course, is The New Science of Adult and Attachment, and uh, this is Beware Attachment. Can I just say, you have a very ASMR voice. Yeah, I do. Like, like legitimately, like... 
I could fall asleep to your voice. Yeah. And that's the biggest compliment. Well, a lot of people were doing that at the recording last <laughs> night. <laughs> were there people falling asleep with the late show? Oh, for sure, what? dude. I was eating a bag of dicks up there. No, stop. Anyways. Uh, Tell me about attachments. By dividing the attachment behavior along gender lines, we can fall into the common trap of equating avoidance with masculinity. Research findings, however, prove that there are many men who are far from being avoidant. They communicate freely, are loving and affectionate, do not retreat during conflict, and are consistently there for their partner, i.e. are secure. Another misinterpretation is that we associate the anxious attachment style with the femininity when in fact most women are secure and there are plenty of men who have anxious attachment styles. Bitch! There's Do you know what all the attachment styles mean? No, I don't really believe in this. I mean, (laughs) to me, this is just toilet paper with writing on it. You should. Then demisexuals will will like you if you know. I don't really want anyone to like me, to be honest. As long as they download my comedy album when it comes out and follow me on Instagram, we're cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's your love language of following Instagram? No, I might think if I had a love language, it would be probably a physical touch. Fuck sakes, of course. What what's wrong with that? <laughs> I'm a big cuddle guy. Love Every cuddles. single man. Dude, cuddle puddle. Every single man. Ugh. Physical touch. No, it's good that you think all men are the same. That's uh They literally are. That's maybe part of your problem, but uh I feel like even Scott would agree with me on this. Yeah, Scott McLean. Would agree that a lot yeah, men are well. a, there's a baseline of similarities. I'm going to talk to my good friend Amir Levine and see what his thoughts are. Um, speaking of comedy albums, I told Scott that he should make one. Scott McLean. Yeah. Yeah, sure. He's got a fuck ton of material. Because I was like, why the fuck haven't you done one yet? Yeah, do it. Fucking do it. And I'm like holding him to it. I'm like, motherfucker. Because you- he would lose his job. <laughs> uh, I don't even know. Here's the I don't th- think so. I don't even know who the mayor <laughs> Even is. <laughs> uh, Jim Temple, oh, if you're Jim. listening, I love you so much. We God miss you, Jim. It. Jim we Temple hope you're is well. so fucking funny. Um, I don't. This is here's a unpopular opinion. Wait, we haven't gotten there yet, but we can. Well, yeah, do you want to get to the unpopular opinion let's right now? Do let's it, do it. We're in it. We're in it. One. He has commitment issues, guys. That's what's wrong with him. Yeah. Let's go. Unpopular opinion. Don't hate me for this, but. It's time for Unpopular Opinion. (laughs) I like that better than my actual music. Yeah, you can use that. I want royalties, though. Uh, Unpopular Opinion. I don't think Scott McLean's material is that drastic out of it. I just don't think enough people in Halifax write that way, that there's such a contrast between the two that it just makes it seem so much more far out than it actually is. So, yeah. Yeah. So, But I understand that I have heard Scott say some shit that I'm just like, well, I understand what you're trying to get to, but, like, the funny isn't there enough. Like, the between mm. the, like, the the... You know what I mean? You know what I'm yeah. trying to say? Like no, between totally. how the the subject matter that you're getting to and how funny it is that you're trying to talk or how funny it is when you're talking about it. It's not funny enough for you to talk about yet. Yes. So you don't have a, you don't have a punchline strong enough to carry the fact that what you're talking about is somewhat divisive. Right. 
So the more divisive it becomes, the funnier it has to be. And if it's not that funny, then the intent of it seems weird. And then people like gear it more towards like, oh, this is how you actually feel as opposed to like, oh, you're just trying to really find a funny way of looking at this. Yes. And I think Scott McClain does that a lot. I think he really portrays stuff. And I think is he, he goes in the shit and really like flips it on things like. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's just uh, I think. There's definitely moments where I've been like, oh, my God, I would if I ever said that, I feel I would feel bad for the rest of my life. And then <laughs> I've seen him. But but then, too, I've also seen him say stuff. that I'm just like, oh, shit, that's like well written and it's funny and I can see how it's like divisive, but it's funny enough that people are just like, oh, yeah, this is comedy. Um, I'm very excited. But I can also understand why some people would be like, yeah, that might cost him his job because I think the climate, too, is just like everyone's the climate. Yes. But yeah. But I also think. Um, there's another comic who we saw, uh, who was talking about like how, you know, a lot of people say you can't joke about certain things, but it's just like, Oh, or you can just write better too. So I think at some point you have to ask yourself, is this worth talking about mm-hmm. or should I just think about what is a better joke that I could do? And I don't have to worry about the fact that maybe this is going to cause divisiveness. Yeah. Like, I feel you. I yeah. have a couple jokes that I've been trying to do. And then now. Like the more frequently I do them, I'm less like, okay, maybe I don't want to do this anymore because it's not, it's not getting the reaction I think I need. And I don't know if I can build it up to the point where it's worth getting the discomfort right to the level that it is to get it to where the funny that it is to so. get the, to that laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard sometimes, especially if you really believe in mm-hmm. something like it's kind of like. I don't know if this happens for guys, but if you like go out shopping and you see something you like, yeah, yeah. like whether like an article of clothing or something and you don't buy it. Yeah. But then like you go home and like days later, you're still thinking about that mm-hmm. piece of clothing. I have bits like that where like I keep going back to this thing that I want to do and it's touchy and it's hard and it might piss people off if they take it the wrong way. So it is one of those jokes that needs the funny needs to be undeniable. Yeah. yeah. The funny needs to be undeniable for me to do this subject matter because it is such a touchy subject. It's like about otters got some good body positivity. Otters got some bits that are like not, I wouldn't say super divisive, but stuff that like take a little bit of a hook, but like just how he carries himself and how his jokes land. He was so likable. And also his writing's good enough that like, People are on board for it, but even though it does have like the roller coaster effect of like, ooh, and then they laugh, right? Yeah. So like, he's great for that stuff, but he's, it's also a good example of like, you can delve into that shit, but there's a lot of factors at play when you're doing it. Like, if Otter's jokes were said by someone else, they wouldn't fucking work. That's right. They don't have the same, like, they don't have the same delivery and the same persona, the same like ability, but. Otter can write like that because he has those, you know, tools at his disposal. But yeah. within that, he's also, I'm fucking certain of it, aware of those tools. And that's why he gets away with it and is able to make it funny. So, mm. like, if you aren't, you don't have those tools and you have to understand, okay, do I try to build this anyways without these tools? Or do I accept the fact that I do not have the tools to yeah. do it? Either try to acquire them or go about building this a different way. And sometimes it's truly just confidence then. Yeah. Uh, like, like sometimes it's 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 what I say about dirty material. You can't say it unconfident because yeah, 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 it will not. It, Kathleen McGee, never forget. It. She's just like you need to go all in a thousand percent. You can't show weakness with dirty <laughs> material at all. You can't show insecurity. Like you can't. You have to be so confident about it. I have a I have a joke that's on the album, and it didn't on both tapings. It didn't really land that well, but I've heard I've had it do well, so I really wanted to get it. 
out because I, it's just like a fun little throwaway joke. But um, the joke is I talk about how I just moved in with a girl and I presented like, oh, I just moved with a girl. And everyone's like, yeah. And then I say, but she's not my girlfriend, which means she's not attractive. <laughs> But it didn't get the reaction that I wanted to. But the only way I can really get that is I have to commit to the fact that I'm like, but she's not attractive. Or like, you have to say it You're in a manner. It. You're like, I'm just saying it yeah, like yeah. it is. This is a fact of life. But, but it's not, it's the, the, the joke itself is not actually true. She's an attractive lady. It's just a funny thing to be like, yes. oh, if she was attractive, I'd be dating her. You know what I yes. mean? So it's just funny to have that confidence of being like, oh yeah, she's unattractive. So and it's honesty. But I have to say it. In a certain manner, otherwise it doesn't land. And, and I've had it do really well. And the last two times I've done it, I feel like they haven't done well. And that's just because of how I've said it. Well, and I have to like step back and think about why it is that way. Hmm. Well, I, I know that when I heard the joke of the first tape in, yeah. I heard what I can describe as like insecure laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, like they did the whole... It was almost like an ooh, like, yeah. and, and you know, so one of the first things people aren't sure if they should laugh at it, which because is they better don't than know. nothing. Yeah, well, nothing sometimes better. <laughs> <laughs> well, Travis always told me that oohs are just laughs that haven't happened yet. Yeah, well, Travis is also successful, and I'm not. So Stop I don't that. Really know. Stop. Um, yeah, I like. I think a reaction's good no matter what. I think people just. Um, aren't sure how to feel about it initially, but I've also played around with that joke a lot and I've put it further into my set yeah. where people have had the ability to see that I do really silly, goofy, stupid stuff. And then it lands a lot better because they're like, oh, this guy's just a goofball. There's a opinion I have about comedy. Yeah, shoot, text. You think that like um, uh, show up, go up should be appreciated? I think character building and sets should be done more. Yeah. Like, I really do. Like, I, I think building a character, because I think that's one way that you will get to that. Yeah, you know, yeah. they'll have trust in you to laugh at that uncomfortable joke. If you build your character to a point For where sure. you are likable, relatable, and they want to see this through to the end. But ideally, your comedy gets to a point where every joke you tell requires less character building. Yeah. So I, I, I would True. love for me to be able to open with True. that joke and it immediately does well. Yeah, because ideally within the first fucking 15 seconds, they're like, this guy's silly, goofy. Whatever he says is obviously going to be a joke. Let's get into it. And is that with that? So that is that just having a voice that is so loud and clear that it takes less time? Uh, maybe no, yeah. people know you. Yeah. Like the people, the, all the professional comics that are out there that come out and just say yeah. crazy stuff yeah, on the yeah, talk. Yeah. That's true the too. People, the people who are watching them have seen them for hours yes. and hours and hours and hours. Yeah. Like you go out there and like. So it's like character building. Yeah. You, like a, a Anthony Jeselnik comes out and says something crazy off the top. Yeah. But everybody there is there to see Anthony Jeselnik do that. Right. You know him and you like him. So yeah. the, the longer you do it and the more people know you. If you're performing to a crowd of people who are there to see you, you can say whatever you want at the beginning because they already know where you're coming from. They know yeah. you. They bought a ticket to your shop. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, a, that's fucking fascinating. I'm going to shut my whore mouth now. No, 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 no. no, no, no. That, was a, that was the exact thing that needed to be said, though. That's like legit. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's almost like, I don't know if it's levels of fame or, yeah, I think um, I think there's like the more people are aware of you, the easier it is because they know who you are, right? Like, but when you mm -hmm. go into a room, you have no idea. Which is why I think you everyone has their opinion about Scott is they 
no one really gets the chance to to know him before he goes on stage and tries to sell a product that not everyone's on board for initially. So if they saw Scott at home with his kids and his girlfriend and they saw that this guy is actually a fucking good dad and he's a nice guy and he has a job and he cares a lot yeah. about his fucking friends. He goes out of his way for the Most people in his life. Most loyal friend that I've Super loyal life. guy. Yeah. But on stage, he just has this character that is like a Jesselnik character. It's like a divisive thing. But, but Jesselnik is known as yeah. Jesselnik. So now That's it's right. just like, how can he get everyone to be like, oh, yeah, that's just the fucking thing. Right. Yep. 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 And um, soon enough, people will get to know Scott Marcus. He and I are starting a podcast. Nice. And hopefully, people will. That's good. Um, know him more as an individual. Um, once we launch this podcast, which will happen, because he has me. Yeah. You're, <laughs> so you're, grind, you're grinding it out. I will make it happen. He just needs to show up and talk on a mic. That's yeah, all he has yeah. to do. Everything else I will do. Um, Scott is definitely entering a villain era, though, and I'm living for it because he he's actually very done with caring what people think now. Good. So he's been out working material, the material he wants to work out. He's just been doing it um, and not caring so much about what people think of him. Yeah. And I I'm stoked for this new era of him. And I do want him to record uh I think everyone should, by by all means, be able to do that. And I also, on the same page, think that, like, what we were kind of reflecting on earlier is just, like, just when you're saying stuff, think about why it is that you're saying it as if if it's worth the battle. Because you're like, what hill are you willing to die on? Should you be able to say this without repercussions or without people being like, well, I don't think I, like, at the end of the day, like, comedy as much as it is about us, like there's the, there's one, you know, panel of comedy that'll be like, it's an art form and we should be able to do whatever. And people should see it as that. But then at the, the same time, like, uh, like you are providing a service, like you are yes. p- like, ideally uh, you're at the point where people are paying to see you or p- people are paying to get into a show, which you're on, which you're getting paid to be at. Like they yeah. might be paying to see you specifically. They didn't buy the ticket because your name's on it. Right. But when you do that, you have to realize that there's a part of that, which is you providing a service. The, you, they paid to have yeah, yeah, yeah. a nice night out. Exactly. So and be entertained. Can you do that and do that? Like both and those say things. The thing. Yeah. And what's the easiest way to do that? And sometimes the easiest way to do that is just like look at subjects and be like, yeah, why would I even fucking attempt that right now? What's the point? Why, why am I going to spend six sets trying to bang out that bit? when I could be doing six sets on something that I'm still passionate about, but maybe it's not as divisive, but I know it now it's going to work even better and it's going to work across a much bigger crowd. So it's like, am I doing it? Because I think that like not a lot of people can talk about this right now. So it's my job to make sure that we can still talk about it. Am I going to pour every moment, every fucking waking minute into making sure that I can craft a bit that I can say on stage that is just the perfect amount of divisiveness and funny, or am I going to go out of my way to be like, you know what? I'm going to spend my time on several bits that may not be like, Ooh, these edgy political, like, Ooh, you, can say this but you can't say that stuff but i'm still having fun doing it and then i also know that they're gonna work like where do i where do you draw the line for and 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 personally like my comedy style for me is different than anyone else like everyone's different but like 
at the end of the day, I just want to have fun and be silly. That's like my goal. But if your goal is to like, I want to know where the edge is and be really able to push behind it, then fuck yeah, go for it. But That's like, right. you're really, you're going to, you're going to see pushback and then you're going to be like, well, why the fuck aren't I getting this? And then you have to acknowledge the fact that that's exactly why the fuck you aren't getting it. And that's the road that you chose. And as shitty as it is, that's the the, the thing that you do. Like uh, there was, I think it's like Chappelle said it to Burr or something like what you're doing right now is going to skyrocket you to the top. But if you keep doing it, you'll eventually get to where you want to be. And if that's a, like, if you're willing to take the long road to it, then yeah, for sure. By all mm. means do it. But like, you don't always have to do that. You don't have to compromise on the thing that you love. You just have to realize that like, maybe I'm not pouring the passion into it in the right spot and I'm taking too much of a swing at like, Oh, I need to do this when it really, I could still have a great time doing comedy, talking about things that maybe don't need to be that right. aren't as fucking touchy and still really enjoy myself. But right. for some reason, there's a moment in your life where you're just like, I have to, I feel like I feel, feel called a, to do it. Yeah. I feel there's a climate that's, of comedy that is still very much like we are the ones that can talk about anything and it should be that. And if we don't take that advantage now, then it's forever gone. It's like, yeah, if people want to try and do that, cool. But like, I've never had much of an interest in pushing those boundaries. I've really had more of an interest in like going up there and making a silly time. With and people. that's, that's a style thing yeah, too, because sure. I, again, going back to Josh's episode, the last episode I put out, we were talking about the idea of safe comedy and maybe certain certain com like comedy here in Halifax being too safe. Um, Cause we, I was talking about the idea of like, I really want to do a dark show, like be yeah. on a dark show, per maybe help produce a dark show. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Just the idea of having a show be branded as like, you know, if you are overly sensitive, maybe don't come. <laughs> but here, 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 I'm going to play devil's advocate yes, on this. Do. And please I'm going to say, what is the point of the dark show to just say dark shit? Or are you saying like, the material you're about to hear is a little dark, but I want you to know that I've poured every single the fucking second. ounce of me into the fact that I've also tried to make it as funny as it can be. Ideally the second, obviously like I can't speak for every comic. Yeah. For me personally, uh, there's bits that I'm not giving up on. I'm just too nervous to try them. At most of the rooms here. For sure. But if you have a bit that you're too nervous to try, you got to like go back and look at it and yeah. be like, why does this make why, me so nervous? Why does it make me, yeah, exactly. And then if that, if it makes you as a comic who's telling that joke nervous, you have to realize that the audience who's about to hear yeah. it is going to be fucking tenfold because you're not even confident with it. And that's, but that's the thing. Like I, I always think about, it. I'm just like, if this was a podcast, I would stand by my stance and like argue it with confidence. But yeah. as a joke, I can't seem to... Um, take that plunge. Um, so, yeah, I but mean, I still, I still see the benefit of dark shows and the, the branding of style specific shows. I think yeah. there's value in that. Like, you know, same with like dirty shows, Yeah, yeah. you know? Um, well, yeah. Like I, I did a dirty show. Um, it was like a variety kind of format, but it was dirty stand up comedy and it was on the poster dirty stand-up comedy and it was so fucking fun and the crowd fucking loved it because they walked in going i know exactly what i'm getting today yeah, yeah, yeah. i would be disappointed if i walked out and didn't hear about Come. for sure <laughs> but i I, I think the 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 big difference with like dirty and like dark, dark. Yeah. is everyone is going to have their own opinion on what they think is funny dark comedy truth and at the Dirty's end of the day you easy. always have to remember that like no matter how you sell a product, you have to realize that you have to you're going to you're going to have to dial it back just a bit, even though yeah. you're like, we told you uh, like, what's the point in 
uh, just going out there and saying the fucking darkest shit and just and to you, say it, just to say it, right? Like, oh yeah, that's well, that's stupid. Like, yeah, if it's you can just call it a dark show and don't put the word comedy in it, and then that way people are like, oh, this is just stories of people having dark stories, and yeah, maybe there's a punchline or two in it, but if like you're like, this is a dark comedy show, then you realize like you have to capitalize on the fucking comedy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Don't just be like, ah, I fucking murdered someone, and, and then my childhood was <laughs> weird, and then blah 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 blah. This isn't oasis, and then. Uh, and then <laughs> And then I farted. <laughs> like it's gotta be fucking. It has to like I don't know. Not to go back to like the. It has to be undeniably funny. That's yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely. It has to be undeniably funny. And, but that's the thing with me. It's like yeah, it's I don't want to do them until they're undeniably funny. Yeah, which means like you just gotta st- like or, put in the legwork. Yeah. At home. Why yeah, is home. this not working? Why the fuck don't I, I, why do I hesitate to tell this on stage? I think that's what I have an issue with. Yeah, I think because I'm someone who does not do a lot of work off the stage. If I'm honest, yeah, if I'm fully fucking honest, that's fine, I, though. I'm very lazy off stage. I like I like performing and writing on the stage, so to speak, or yeah. getting ideas for jokes on the stage and then take that to the night and then it, it grows from there. But like that is one thing that I do not do. And I need to start doing, and um, I usually like having people to bounce things off of, but you know, like n- not like having people give me things, but just be like, what about this joke jams or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. The- I, f- I feel like everyone, I feel like a lot of comics are so fucking hesitant to be like, I don't want anyone, anyone to give me anything. I don't want this. I don't want that. It's like at the end of the day, people are just going to hear your shit and be like, Oh, you should try this. And you should never be afraid to take something that someone offers you. Just fucking mm-hmm. be like, wow, you listened to my entire bit and that's what you got from it. And you're also a comedian. This is probably going to fucking be good. And they can't resent you if they offered it. They no. offered it. Yeah. They offered it to you. It's not like they're going to be like, uh, oh, like yeah. I love when people provide me feedback and then I love giving other people feedback. And I honestly think it's yeah. the most sincerest form of like, yes. Hey, I just watched your entire set and this is what I got out of it. Yes. And they're like, Oh my God, you paid enough attention that you were trying to write tags for my bits. You have your own bits. You have your own fucking material to worry about. And you went out of your way to go ahead and pay attention for the last 10 minutes when you, yes. you could have been thinking about your own shit or talking to someone. You went out of your way. You paid attention to it for the last 10 minutes. And not only did you pay attention, you went out of your way to be like, you know what I think would actually add to that? It's and nice. then you came and told me, and I'm going to sit there and be like, no, why, yeah, why, yeah, the fuck yeah. I, why would I not just give that a chance to exist? And then, you know what? Fuck it. Kill it if it doesn't work. But like, at least you try it. Cause then it just shows like, yeah, you know what? They gave me a time of day. They, they, they watched me. They, they saw me do the bit, all that shit. Why not just try it? They're also a comic. They also do the exact same thing I do. Maybe it's not something I would have gotten to initially, but like, I don't know. Otter, did you have something to say? I just want you to ring the bell. Oh, ring the bell. No, yeah, yeah, that was a great point. I will say, I will say I've had times where that's backfired on me. Yeah, thinking, but the, diff- the difference just- is like you have to be funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like some people. No, yeah, who no, you got any advice no, from? No, no, no. So I, I'm thinking specifically about the roast battles because I adore. Oh, roast battles aren't even comedy. I do- adore <laughs> writing roast jokes. Adore it. It it literally fills me with so much pride and joy helping people write roast jokes. I will never do a roast. Yeah. I. But no that just one says a lot me. about I will, you. I will jump off a bridge, like truly. Um. <laughs> Wait till I have a boyfriend and then maybe I'll do a roast battle. Um, but like, I remember giving someone a roast joke. I'm like, 
I was like so confident it would be good. It did so bad. I was just like, I'm so sorry. Why did you take my joke? I'm so sorry. I thought it would be good. But anyway. Then you roasted yourself thinking that you were funny enough to write a roast joke, basically. No, I, I, written, <laughs> I wrote a, a great roast joke about the late and great Durham Laporte. That was the yeah. joke of the night at the first. There you go. Roast battle. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely think it helped. And roasts, I think, are very different anyways. Roasts. Like if you watch I'm, like Comedy Central roast, those are all fucking written by other people anyway. It's like I'm pretty confident in the roast jokes I write. Yeah, but not it, confident about much, but I am confident about being mean. Yeah, that is something I'm good at. But that's what I mean. Like <laughs> it's sweet. It's here's here's one thing that I, I love roasts, but also at the same time, I hate the idea that everyone gets so fucking into them. And you're like, imagine you were this passionate about your actual bit material. Yeah, that's very true. Everyone just loves the opportunity to get to like gather up and shit on someone. So like, oh my God, write this, write, write about how they're fucking fat and then say that they're so fat that they can't fit in the car, but that doesn't matter because they don't have a car because they're a comedian hat huh? joke. But yeah. like, why not no. just like, <laughs> but like, why not just like, instead of think like, do like, like, oh yeah, no, roast, cool. No, I, I'm going to actually got to do five minutes next week and I really want to make sure that's good. So I'm going to do this. Well, I, I think of someone I really respect in the scene. Hopefully he's listening. Kyle Carpenter. Great fucking joke writer. One, like one of my favorite joke yeah, yeah, writers. Yeah. And, best. um, he loves also loves doing roast just for the writing challenges. He loves doing that, but, him, but he also works. His ass off and his own But he does the roast. You don't. Oh, so why are you, why are you bothering writing jokes for other people? Just write your oh, own fucking I, cause jokes. Because I, I, I genuinely like being mean. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> it's it's kind of weird to sit behind that veil of like, oh, I couldn't I take this. I a lot of anger. But I can sit here behind my fucking castle wall and lob grenades at other people. No, I'm I'm giving them the option to take yeah, the grenade. Like, they don't oh, have yeah. to take the grenade. Here's a knife. Uh, it's meant to stab this person, but I'm not telling you to stab this person. People roast me all the time. Yeah, yeah I know, but I just I mean like fucking pot. Me doing a roast battle. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm gonna get cocky here. Getting ranty here. I'm gonna get fucking ranty. I, it would be fucking unfair for me to do a roast battle. I have 248 episodes of myself on the internet that people could scroll through and find everything to make fun of. Literally, it's truly not fair. The fact that for you me think to people a, are gonna do that, boom, roasted. Oh, I have more downloads. <laughs> than most comedy shows. I know, that's fine. So, fi <laughs> and more work ethic than most of the people in this fucking scene. So fuck you. <laughs> there we go. We're getting heated. But it's true, I do. I'm confident in my work ethic and I and I know what I've put into this podcast, whether or not it ends at 250. I did 250 goddamn podcasts. Yeah. What did anyone else do? I, I tried For one. For six years straight. I tried one one time and it was pretty good. <laughs> It's just I, not fair for I me tried, to do a roast battle. I tried one podcast, and then uh, and then me and Albert decided that it was so good that we won podcasting. It was it was an amazing podcast, yeah, but so you didn't, didn't fucking follow through on it, did you? Yeah, we didn't need to because neither it, did it Dan was and Travis. So good, it was Dan and so Travis good didn't follow through either. Leave it. Um, it just wouldn't be fair because I, there's more of me out there than most people in this scene, and I feel like that's not overly a fair. It's it's putting me at a disadvantage. Does uh, that make sense? I I can't I Brian, can't I can't agree with you there. <laughs> Brian, does it make sense? 
I mean, most of the Rose jokes are kind of ju- I get what you're saying 100% and it makes sense. However, most jokes aren't really like people are going to watch 12 hours of your podcast to be like, what am no. I going to say to make Sarah feel? But it's not just my podcast. It's my online presence. No, it's for the sure. Content I you, put have, out. you have like a bunch of content out there, but then you Tons. look at Mitch and then you're like, your hair is made of Mr. Noodles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, no, kind totally. Stuff, so, right? OK, all the hard work means nothing. I get it. I get it. <laughs> No, 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 you're your, your podcast and hardware hey guys, is awesome. However, don't... Get Kathleen McGee's merch that says, don't follow your dreams. <laughs> because in the end, they won't mean anything. Just, I just mean <laughs> that it doesn't make you more roastable because you no, have content. I, I think it does. I stand by it, but... And also... Uh, I stand by it. I'm also going to poke the bear a bit, too. Uh, if you're, like... I, I, I agree, you've put a lot of hard work into your podcast, <laughs> And I think it, I think it's a great thing, but I would I would feel bad for you if you felt that you needed to do it for the fact that you needed other people to be like I recognize this hard work. You no, that's I mean? not it at all. But I feel people like people don't what recognize you were just the hard work that. regardless. But I just but I just mean it, that's why you shouldn't really care if it's all out there because if you had fun doing it, then you should be like oh it's all out there. And yeah, they do, but it's, it's also a self esteem thing. Why well, I don't want to participate? Yeah, then that's fine. But I'm I'm, and, I'm and very I'm much being of the mindset with that of versus like, doing it like I've seen I've witnessed roast battles where I go this person is not should not do this battle. And, oh, yeah. And I, I've uh, talked to people who have done the roast battles who have said, I cried all the way home. And I go, I already cry all the way home. I don't need to do more. You, no, know, I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't need to do more of that. But that said, I am someone who is genuinely a mean person sometimes. Oh, yeah. So I can throw a zinger your way and go, this is just something I thought of. Use it if you want. I don't fucking care if you don't. You but here roast, it is. You should roast me right now. No, I'm not going to I'm not going to roast anyone because, yeah, no, it's just it's I just I don't know. The podcast stuff pisses me off because it's led me to significant burnout, like significant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Long term effects of burnout. Yeah, I'm talking memory loss like it's bad. So like, yeah. It's just, it's just, there's so much out there. It's scary. I kind of I'm like, kind of wish I could private it sometimes just because it's kind of overwhelming. And no, I don't assume people are listening. I'm going to assume they're not. Maybe they listen to like 20 minutes. <laughs> so they're not here right now listening. No, I think people listen to the podcast. Right here, right I think people now. are like, people are listening to the podcast, but like the, I'm, I was specifically referring to like people in roast battles and stuff. Yeah. Like in the Halifax comedy scene, you're going to go to a, a roast battle with people. You're not going to have Albert sitting there. What? Like it's, it's going to be. They're going to roast you based off of what they know of you already. They're not going to be deep diving into things, right? Right. Okay, so here's what here's my counterpoint. Yeah. Maybe this is me phrasing it differently. You you Matt Baker, yeah. You have like a lot of like you take a lot of photos and like your web presence is not personal. You don't your content that you post on Instagram is not Yeah, but if someone said, "Hey Matt Baker, you suck at taking photos." I'd, I'd be hurt by that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay, so this is what I mean. Like I, but I just mean no matter what content public- you have that's out there, you're it's still uh, you're still uh, uh, you're still susceptible to pain. You're still susceptible to oh, being picked 100%. apart. But, so I think like yeah, I agree. You've put a lot you- of hard work into your podcast, but I'm also just saying that like if someone went through your podcast and picked apart because it was personal, 
I still think that there's an equal chance of me, someone going back through my Instagram feed and be like, oh, I saw a photo of this and you're a fucking piece of garbage because of that. So yeah. I, I just think that that, that information is still available just in a different manner. It's and how you've gone manner. about providing that information has been through podcasts, whereas how I've gone about providing like something about me has maybe been through photos. Yeah. And people can still go back and get a piece of information that I maybe was like, oh, yeah, this was probably a little oversharing. Things like a guy breaking your ribs no, during no, no, sex, for though, sure. Right? Or, you know, like legitimate trauma stuff that I've talked about. Yeah. So like. If someone wants to access my trauma, yeah. they can. Yeah. I can't say that for a lot of other people. But I would say unless they've done the podcast. This is this is the only thing. And I, I would like to like end the roast battle talk here after this because I just feel like it's not going in a direction that's positive. But I would I would feel I would hope that the people who you are getting involved in a roast battle uh, are like because I, I believe you roast the people that you love. That's like the big thing. I would if, if someone I asked me to be a part of, of a roast, uh it's I will only write roast jokes for people that I really I actually genuinely think are funny. I actually genuinely think mm. can take the joke because that like I am very much like I like that person enough that I know that this joke uh, I know this piece about of information about them. Yeah. And I know the the way I got that piece of, of information about them is by being a part of their life. And if yeah. someone went through all of your stuff to get to that point where they saw a very vulnerable aspect in you and that's what they want to magnify and poke at, then fuck that person. That's, that's they're not roasting a, you. They're genuinely trying to be mean. But the, I understand there is a risk within it. But I, what I'm saying is that person who's doing that is not doing it with the intention of being funny. No matter what they say, yeah. you can you can recognize that that is not in funny because they're going be. back to do something that they can s clearly see is causing you pain. And they're trying to fucking inflame that as opposed to like sometimes when people roast each other, you go after the superficial things, the stuff on the surface, the, yeah. the character, the flaws that like every every day people can see in ourselves because that is going to translate easiest to an audience anyways. Yeah, no, no. But well, exactly. And I mean, that's another thing about the roast battles. I'm just like, yeah, this is <laughs> I think Dan said it. He was like. It's like, these aren't roast battles. They're like roast battles for, it's like, it's for the comedians, not yeah, the yeah, audience. Yeah, exactly. Like, 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 we, like, we get the most out of it because we know each other the best. We get the most of it. And unless the jokes are superficial or they're set up in a way, um, I, I think there is an art to setting up a joke in a way that the audience gets it. Oh yeah. If it is. Like Carpenter's great, great job of that. He's fantastic. And he's you can so also write good. roast jokes that are acts absolutely based off a hundred percent falsity. But if the person looks like they could be capable of whatever you're saying, then it's funny. Yeah. Cause you're going off of like, I guess like stereotypes or, yeah, exactly. or of, of whatever kind of character. That, and that's another thing. I'm just like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I know the character I portray uh, and, and the older I get, the the uh the further from that character i get so you there know you things <laughs> things need to all good things come to an end everybody it's true that's why uh, my dog died <laughs> was he a good dog i don't know i couldn't i forgot to ask him when i hit him with my car <laughs> no stop stop i didn't kill my dog folks just trying to you didn't the have a dog. i don't have a dog nope did you grow up with pets yeah, I had uh, I had a uh, when I was younger, I had a dog named Sprocket. He was a black lab. Uh, my Sprocket. grandparents had uh, a dog, uh, a German Shepherd named Taffy, and a black lab named Bumper. And, uh, and I grew up with cats, and I grew up with a bunny rabbit. Aww, I'm a cat guy. I love cats. And oh, I, I love cats. Do you think we're uh, all cat guys here? Yeah. Do you think Do you think a lot of women look down on the guys who like cats? No, I think it's mo it's one of the hotter traits in a guy. Really astrology, so? astrology, and cats. Interesting. Because dogs are just easy little bitches. 
<laughs> yeah, like they, I, they're needy, and a cat takes patience and trust and an ability to restrain. Like you can't just go up to a cat and go, "Oh, hello, kitty cat." Like you can't rough up a cat right away. Like you can't no. a dog. Yeah, yeah, because a dog will go of his way to approach you, whereas a cat, you have to kind of like befriend pretty exactly. well. Exactly. So the the trait of restraint and patience and calmness, yeah, super hot in a guy. So I think yeah, that's what I do. Anytime someone's attracted to me, I restrain myself from, <laughs> from talking to them. And then they get upset that I don't talk to them. I'm like, well, I'm exercising restraint and patience over the last four months. Relax. I'm not ghosting you. I'm just restraining myself. Yeah. I don't know. I love cats. Cats are the fucking fucking Cats best. are dope as shit. I, I, but I, I was on t- like I uh, promoted my show via Tinder. Oh my god! Uh, I just went on Tinder. I posted a photo of me doing comedy, and the next photo was literally just the the poster for the comedy show. <laughs> and my bio was like, "I double dog dare you to come to the show." Um, November twenty second, two shows, seven p.m. nine thirty oh at god. Matt Baker's X. Did, did anyone? I don't know. I don't. I, you after, didn't do after it. You about, just put it after on both there? shows, I literally went to the back room to be like, okay, ideally everyone leaves before they say anything to me. So that way I don't really have to have any feedback because when you do like a, when you do something and you know that there's comics in the crowd and you know that you have friends in the audience, you're always going to get like, you hope it's not fake feedback. And majority of the time it's not fake feedback, but like, you're always worried about like, someone's just gonna be like, you know what? That was really good. Yeah. And you don't need to hear it. Like I know how, I know how it went and I have my own personal feelings about how I went yeah. and I don't need you to try and convince me. Otherwise mm. you're going to feel how you feel. I am going to feel how I feel. And I don't want you to try and convince me that it wasn't what I'm thinking about. Because mm. if I'm thinking about it in the way I'm thinking about it, then, uh, the next time I go do it, I'm going to have a better mindset because that's exactly how I viewed it. But if you try and convince me, yeah, if you try and convince me to see it the way that you were seeing it, then maybe the next time I do it, I won't be looking at it in the same, or not even try as hard, but I won't be thinking about it in the same manner. And then I'll be like, well, last time they said this was really great. So I don't have to worry about that, but I do have to worry about this. Whereas I'm just like, this is how I think it went. And I'm the one that has to think about it the most. So as opposed to like hanging out and get having people tell me stuff, I'm just going to go sit in the back and yeah. think about how it went. And then that way I know my own feedback. My own feedback for myself is this is what's good. This is what bad. Like this is what you got to work on. And then that way at the end of the day, you don't have people giving you like the, uh, like some people are just going to be straight up. You know what? This was great. This sucked. But at the end of the day, you never know. With audience members, everyone just wants to tell you that they had a good time, especially when they know that you're doing something bigger like recording in an album. I feel like people want to go and be like, no, that was really good. Right. So for me, I, I left. I, like, I didn't leave, leave, but like I... After which which one? Bo- both. Both? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I know, and I think that there is an art to approaching colleagues after shows. Yeah, for sure. And there's an energy you have to suss out. And I knew right away yeah. your energy was a smidge off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just like, I wanted to get off the stage. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to retreat. I went up and hugged you, and you're like, I gotta go get batteries. I was like, I'm mad. Needs to get out of here. Yeah, I needed to go get. I got in a Red Bull, and I came back, and I opened the Red Bull, and I was like, oh yeah, there's still a fucking hour before the next show. I have a Red Bull for you, by the way. I got you a shirt for you. Good, thank you. No, but like to take home or whatever for tomorrow. Yeah, like like whenever you need it. That was the first. That was the first Red Bull I had in like two months. Oh really? Yeah, I've been trying to trying to stay off that stuff. Yeah, I, I was on an all water kick until I got out here, and then, um, and then Brian Otter and I were going up to fucking St. <laughs> John, and then and we we're at Tim Hortons, and he's like, "Did you want anything?" And I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck that fucking peppermint hot chocolate. <gasps> looks pretty good. Yes. Candy cane hot chocolate." So <sighs> then I got one of those, and that was the first beverage I had that wasn't water in like 
50 days or something. Good for you, though. No, thanks. And not going to lie, it's melting crust. Yeah, it was so good. It's, it's Christmas in a cup yeah, from yeah. Mr. Robot. I mean, great. I guess that was star- the Starbucks drink, but like any minty coffee drink is Christmas. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was super delicious. You were talking, you t- said, well, actually, I I heard something today about diet and how diet is directly like almost I wouldn't say directly. I'm not a scientist. Don't don't quote me on this, but it's very tied to mental health. Like yeah. um, it was this guy talking about how all his mental health struggles and he did the Atkins diet for like an extended period of time and things just got way better for him. Oh, yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. Just like what what we put in our bodies. Oh, it's huge, dude. Impacts us so much. And I'm so bad of like eating bad. Like oh, yeah. it's just ugh. eating bad is so it's, easy to do. It's so easy to do. It's so convenient. And then you blame everything else because you're like, what? I fucking had three meals today. Why would I feel like garbage? And you're like, oh, were they all pizza? <laughs> And you're like, yeah, but pizza, yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, did I have an, two fucking giant coffees with dairy in them and lots of sugar? And did I have a fucking greasy sandwich that was like mostly just fried chicken and a piece of mayonnaise lettuce? And then did I go home and then order pizza or like even fast food Chinese, like shit like that? Like, you don't even think about what you're putting into your body initially because you're just like, oh, I know it should be important to eat three meals a day. Or eat something versus nothing. Yeah, or eat something versus nothing. But if I'm getting that into me, then that's then I'm doing better than what I wouldn't. But then you're like, well, not really. You still need to kind of be aware of what you're putting into your fucking body. It's scary. And there's some things like McDonald's. I I feel like I'm immune to McDonald's because it does not make me feel shitty. And that's a scary thing. Oh, McDonald's makes makes me feel great. I know. Same. I love it. Same. Same. I'm just like, I, I. I always feel better. Um, and I'm like, that actually is not a good thing because now I'm going to eat there a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, I kind of wish it would give me a stomach ache. Oh, just if we, to scare me a bit. If we want to talk about uh, what's wrong with me, I can go back to uh, I love buying things to make myself feel better. Oh, like things, objects? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, if what? I'm like nervous about something or I'm like, oh man, this is going to suck or I need to feel better, I'll like go spend money on like t-shirts or something like that. Oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. a new t-shirt. Yeah, feeling good. And this is new. This is new to me. This is good. Like, That's... I spent some money, harder money, but I worked hard for this money. Now I have this cool t-shirt that I got and then I wear it and I'm like, why the fuck did I buy this t-shirt? I was just going to say, do you get buyer's remorse? Oh, like, immediately. Pretty much, pretty much immediately. Like, I just needed to spend that money because then I, I was like, you did this for you. You worked hard. Now look what you have. And then you're like, oh, I have a fucking stupid t-shirt uh but it yeah fair sometimes it works sometimes, sometimes it, it doesn't works. but I, I i used to be really bad for it and now i'm and but that's something i'm working on but i, I use like i'll find yeah. myself getting in big moods where i'm just like i gotta go buy something i'm bad with that with particularly clothes for shows i feel this need to constantly huge. constantly get new outfits not necessarily for open mics, but like for like fancier shows. Yeah. Well, you got like you, you do a lot of bigger shows, too, in the sense yeah. of like when you put on your big podcast shows and those are always awesome. And I understand like the the want to like have something cool and gown. fresh. And yeah, because it, I think it's a very much part of the presentation for you, the aspect yeah. of it, too. And I, I also for me, if I was doing something like that, I wouldn't I wouldn't feel bad about buying that for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I mean. I mean, if I was like money is just yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. money part. I feel like if I had, yeah, if I had more money, I wouldn't feel as bad. Um, I think but there's a certain money, level of, of there's a certain level I hit where I either feel guilty or I don't. Yeah, and I feel like it's. <laughs> I hate saying this. I feel like it's fifty dollars. Anything above fifty, I kind of feel shitty. Sometimes. Oh really? Like that's how cheap I am. Oh. 
You know, like, like if it's something above 50 bucks. Yeah. I think I go home and I kind of sweat a bit. It all depends on what, like if I was ever like, usually I used to always buy t-shirts when I was getting paid for a show. So if I knew I was making money that night, I'd go buy a t-shirt because I'd be like, Oh, this is a brand new t-shirt. It's got no fucking bomb stink on it or anything like that. It's got no <laughs> from a comedy. From- yeah. Yeah. Like, like if you, like if you wore a oh. piece of clothing and you didn't do well and it, it's got like a bomb stink, right? Do like you believe like, in that? Oh yeah. No way. Yeah, yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah. do you? Yeah. What? For sure. That's the thing, dude. Like, well, yeah. If, if, I, if I bomb in an outfit, I'll never wear it again. Yeah. 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 What the fuck? Well, I wear it, just not when I'm doing comedy. Yeah, really? or like, or you wear it into a mic and in hopes that like you can get the stink off of it. I don't know if I have one like that because I've got a new outfit every time. Well, <laughs> and I don't want you to have that because I don't want you to feel like you need that too. Because sometimes like you, no, you don't, bad. you don't realize you're like, no. oh shit. Well, that's that's I'm my issue. T-shirts. I've been bombing a lot lately. I have a bag of clothes by the bathroom there that I'm, I'm trying to clean out my closet yeah, to yeah. like fucking get rid of the shit. I'm trying to treat it like Instagram stories. Like Instagram stories, I'm like if I post one more story, I gotta delete an old one. <laughs> it's just, it's just like too much fucking story, Sarah. I'm posting clips soon from Jordan Foise's episode. Oh, Foise's so funny. Where we were talking about how people would know if we died. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, it's definitely Instagram stories for me. People would see that I wasn't posting and then get worried. <laughs> and he was like, Yeah, you're someone who posts a lot of stories. That's an older episode, isn't it? It is an yeah, older yeah. one. It's I one of my I saw favorites. That clip at one point, or I, I watched oh, the episode, God, so I remember hearing so that conversation. F- he's so fucking funny. He's oh so funny. What God. But but yeah, I, I try to treat Instagram stories like clothes. So if I buy a new shirt, I got to get rid of an old shirt. Yeah. I just it's too much fucking clothes, and but they're all tops, not bottoms. Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> I feel like pants are such a easy thing to be like, Oh no, these are different pants. And be like, okay, they're different pants. Even yeah. though they're the same pants. Like, yeah. I mean, you have like a black pair, you have a brown pair, you have a fucking blue pair, you have another black pair. Do you pair, have more and, pants or shirts? Oh, I have way more shirts. I have so yeah. many fucking t-shirts. How much is a man's nice man's t-shirt? These I don't days? know. I don't wear no, nice man's t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> but like you say, you buy yourself t-shirts. Like, is I it go like to a skateboard 30? shop and I wait to see if anything's on sale. 30, $40. No, no, no. I, I'd, I like you were saying, if you spend over 50 bucks, if I spend over 30 bucks on a t-shirt, I feel like a fucking idiot. Yeah. But that's pricey. Like I, cause I see t-shirts at, uh, Spencer's all the time. Yeah. And I'm like, they're, they're just standard price is 30. Yeah. I'm like, they're never on sale. I don't know. No, no there's Love. like a basic across the board t- t-shirt price, 29 on, you know, kind of thing. And those are the, like the exact kind of like graphic T based thing. Yeah. But I've been trying to get it more thrifting. Ooh, and that yes. way, like, uh, Cause if you go to a store that's all new clothes, you know, you're going to find something that you want to buy. Absolutely. But if you go to a thrift shop, the chances of you finding something you actually like are pretty slim. And then that way, when you do a, you're going to be like, fuck, this is pretty cool. And B, it's going to be a fraction of what you would have paid for new anyways. And you wouldn't feel bad. You're not so that you don't feel bad because you're doing something better for the environment. You found what you genuinely think is like a cool fucking thing. Cause it feels weird buying a a t-shirt and then seeing the same exact t-shirt six times underneath it for different sizes. And be like, well, this this isn't that unique. It's not. Oh, yeah. And then the feeling of seeing someone in the same space as you with your same Uh, shirt. That's always very. Yeah. Brian and I should buy more outfits together. People have been. We we had a couple people at Punchlines tell us that we look like brothers. Yeah, it was. I could see that. I could maybe see that a little bit. Um. We just both have beards and tattoos, though. Yeah, Yeah. I know that. That's fair. (laughs) One of us gets laid a lot more than the other, but. Yeah, you want to do the assumption section? Choose which one. Choose which one of us you think gets laid. Do the order of 
of um <laughs> right now. Actually, do the order? actually we need we would need a uh, a third party, a fourth uh, party person to do the order of who they think got laid oh, the most the to the least us? to the least. Oh, I don't know. Definitely on the least. For sure. For shizzles. Are we are, th- are we throwing at actual numbers? No, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, I, say. I know Brian's number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otter and um, I had this conversation. Yeah, so no. That's pretty funny. That doesn't exist for me anymore. And I don't think it will ever again. <laughs> the glory days? I feel like it's done. Did you have a glory days, you think? Oh, I'm oh I'm out. But you, you, you feel like you had a period that was that? No. Okay, so then you have <laughs> There's never been a time in my life where I've gone, I'm getting laid the right amount. Well. As a woman, like, you grow up thinking, I'm going to get laid a lot because I'm a chick and I can whatever. But then I didn't. So. <laughs> End of story. <laughs> You've also been working like 90 hour weeks for the last 12 yeah, yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. You've been hustling harder on the podcast than you have uh, searching for dick, which is good. Yeah, you but, should but start even, a sex podcast. Like, but imagine even, how much sex you ha- you would be having if you uh, like think of how long it takes you to make the average podcast. The fact that you set up before you do, oh, no, probably a two hour recording, and then on top of that, there's all the editing after. And all this that is stuff. why there's resentment it, in yeah. my heart. And then if you time. and then if you put that effort into just getting laid every day, you'd be a fucking. Dude, your numbers would be off the but charts. See, the thing is, some women don't have to put an effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And some, some women literally, it's like I'm the, I'm my, I'm medium hot. Like I, you know, like I would say like you're Nashville hot. <laughs> like ten. Like fans. I'm an, I'm what do guys call like picking up like an easy slay or is it just easy lay? I don't know. You're asking, easy kill. I think you're asking the wrong dude. <laughs> is it easy kill? <laughs> I hope not. I don't fucking know. I'm, I'm a ten, for a 10, I'm like an easy yes. Like a 10 could look at me and go, I can for sure get her. No problem. But like, I'm also the level of hot that like threes still think they have a chance. Whoa. <laughs> but that, that's just like confidence though too. No, there's, there's definitely women that threes go. I, I can't even try. I don't know, man. I hate on everyone. I'm a three. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not a three. I'm fucking around. Do you think men overshoot more or women? In terms of like like taking risks? Like you were like you were saying like tens and threes and stuff. Do you think that it's more likely a guy is gonna go for someone like what you would consider out of their range? Or yeah. do you think that's a more woman move? No, that's a guy move. A guy move. G- girls undershoot. Undershoot. Cause cause women because well, okay, I, I, I guess if we're talking about really physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical I, attractiveness. I, I think that women aren't as, uh, it, the physicality of it. It doesn't matter as, as much. Yeah, yeah. And I will, that is a hill I will die on. Yeah. As someone who's been single for 10 years and has also observed couples of like friends, friends of mine or people I've seen out, it's very often that you'll see a like, very hot girl with a lesser attractive guy. Yeah, this city is an anomaly, though. Like the fact, like Halifax is just hot girls with weird looking dudes. It That's is what yeah, this yeah. city is. It's not like this anywhere else. Like, it is. T- go take a vacation to any other city. It's not like this. Yeah, like, Halifax right? is a weird. Anomaly. Kelowna has a lot of beautiful women. And I tell you what, they are not into weird people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's it like in in other cities? If girls are hot enough and there aren't hot dudes, they'll just fuck each other. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I kind of like that. Some of those, yeah, as opposed to dropping numbers, they just yeah. swap teams. But, exactly. 
But like, why is that? And I also, don't know, the ocean why? Also, okay. <laughs> this is the end of the episode. I don't care. These weird looking dudes also kind of have extremely high standards because I've hit on them and they've said no to me. That's do you, weird. Do you, uh, so what the fuck? Listen, on. listen, y'all. Do you think it's extremely high standards or just different standards? <laughs> I just probably, mean like probably different. You, like, like probably different. Because like yeah, like if you if you were like explain the, the your most beautiful man, and then someone else said explain your most beautiful women. Now every everyone's gonna decide what a difference is, and, and it's not like that is the standard across the board. So what you're saying is like. Oh, like uh, shooting above standards or blah, blah, blah. It's like they just might not be your type or you might not be their type. I don't know. And then you're just guys like know standard me. wise. I don't think guys know me. Yeah. So. So, OK, I'm going to like we're nearing the end here. I'll I'll say the saddest thing I'll ever say. Uh Oh, do we wanna, ready? Don't you want to say that for 250? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're too goofy. Dan and Travis together, we're not going to get serious. Oh, okay. I thought you we're said not going to be getting serious. Audrey and I weren't goofy enough. No, no, you're goofy, uh, but you're our, also our sensitive. Our episode men. isn't goofy enough to not be sad. You're also like deep, deep guys too. So I appreciate that. Um, I'm not scared that no one's going to love me. I'm really scared no one's going to know me. Oh. I think. So I, people will never believe this because because of the character I portray, but I genuinely think I'm a pretty fucking good catch yeah, you're dope. but yeah. i don't think most of the men i've interacted with or have been in my sphere or like you know like hookup buddies or whatever have known that full spectrum so my fear is not about actually finding love it's literally about connection and like if if a guy knew me and went you're awesome but this just isn't gonna work out I would still be like, okay, but at least you knew me. But do you not? Do you know what I mean? Do you not define love as knowing someone? Like, I don't see love occurring unless you know an individual. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, you need to know someone to love them. Yeah. But I also think. But like, you're, you're saying the, you're not. The knowing, we don't put enough, we don't put enough um, on the knowing. Because otherwise life's really fucking lonely when people don't know you. And, and that, that surpasses, um, ro romance, you know, that could for go sure. in, that's yeah, really I'm connection sure. of all kinds, friendship, family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, my thing is, is I truly don't feel like people know me, which is, which is wild. Or you feel like there's a very small amount of people that actually know you, or do you feel like there's absolutely zero people that you hang out with that know you? I, I mean, I don't know if it's, a, I don't know if it's zero, but it's low. Yeah, but and it's and, and I think there's also the yeah, OK, you might find someone who gets you, but like then they're not consistent in your life. So then you don't have that safety feeling all the time and then it's still lonely. Yeah. And then like in my case, you find someone who does know you and then they ghost you. And one day they're no longer available for you to talk to out of nowhere with no Vaughn dying again. <laughs> <laughs> Even his ashes got stolen. I can't even yeah, check in yeah, on him. I saw that. That was so fucking crazy. You know, that's that should have been the ultimate closure, but it wasn't. Um, but yeah, this is just what I mean. Like, it's a that's a strange feeling to be like, OK, I did find someone who knew me and I don't even know if he's alive. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know if he's alive. Um, but this is like a good We have back. him on the phone, folks. <laughs> <laughs> She's just calling in from Rochester. Uh, Derek, how are you? Imagine I actually knew uh, the name. That Ross, Toronto. Anyway. <laughs> how, how often are you putting yourself out there to get people to know you? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. No, genuine question. I, How often do you go out and I'm meet like people that you don't know oh. and be like, this is who I am? It's just, I don't have, I just haven't had time, right? Oh. You know, okay. like it's, it's not really about, can I be open? Jesus Christ, I could, I could cut this. I could just take this heart and go, here you go. Like, like I'm very open. I'll talk about anything. No, 100%. But, but you said earlier that like you don't have anybody or you you haven't found people. Like you're a good catch. And we know you and we love you. We think you're incredible. And I agree with you that you're a good catch. And you said if somebody were to get to know me, they would understand that I'm a good catch. Yes. But you're only interacting with the people who are in your immediate vicinity right now. And you're not giving yourself to strangers or people who don't know you who right. would have the opportunity to like you for who you are. So if you're not showing yourself and who you actually are to people who don't know you, how are you to expect them to like you? Oh for yeah, no, who totally, totally. It's it involves effort on my end. It's like a catch twenty two. It, it it does involve effort on my end, but I also do think that like friends, like I love stories of friends who who end up falling in love. Like I produce a love podcast at work, so I my job is to find good love stories, and like there's so many of couples that are um like. They were just friends, and then like all of a sudden realized that there was something more there. And I yeah, but then they're fucking stories. each other's bosses and shit. Like that's not <laughs> like it's not real love exists. You're right though, Brian. Like, and and you said that on your episode too. Like, yeah. I, I have to like get out and meet new people and shit, yeah. and and make the effort. But it, I, but then we get into like you know why why don't we do that? Depression, workaholism, no time, doing comedy, doing a thousand side hustles. Um there's i mean it's just gonna be it's life is hell <laughs> wait well t- wait till your cat dies it'll free up way more time to meet don't strangers even, no don't even say it don't even say it i will i will be inconsolable when that happens yeah why did you put that into the universe <laughs> it's because i'm actually just gonna take her home <laughs> matt's all about putting stuff in the universe no you- i think it's just a funny fucking thing to say <laughs> yeah it's a white woman bullshit thing to say well i, I don't I, the I, universe. here's the, i would i would argue that it's not a white woman bullshit thing to say because i do i believe that there are cultures that believe that there is a, a power within the universe yeah, uh, that's fair. that so that exists and i think it goes beyond just like white people uh mm. but i think it's just whether or not you believe in those practices and policies and kind of views and opinions of that stuff. But like yeah. for me to be like, Oh, I go in the ocean and I genuinely think it makes a difference. That like for to someone else, someone could be like, Oh, that's like a white guy bullshit thing uh, to say. Fair. Right. Fair so yeah, at the do end you believe the day, in um, like the manifestations, um, positive thinking and like, I can't say I do, but I also have never made an effort to <laughs> think positively. You know what I mean? Right? Like, yeah, I believe in <laughs> like, I believe in negative manifestations. <laughs> Like, I'm like, my album's going to go poorly. And then it went poorly. And I was like, yeah, I manifested that. <laughs> yeah, there's never been a, a time that I've looked myself in the mirror and gone, you look like a piece of shit when I've looked great. Yeah, but that like, but that's like, but on the flip side of that, that almost makes it seem like, but if the, the negative manifestations are possible, then that means the opposite's got to be real. Yeah. Like if I say enough negative shit, negative shit's going to happen. 
Like if I yeah. talk poorly about myself, I'm going to lose the confidence in myself and then I'm going to continue to talk poorly but, about myself. But this is why I'm coming out saying I'm a catch because yeah. I am. There and, you go. Uh, then that's good. And, and, you're, uh, and you're taking a step towards the talking positive thing, which is that self-love thing that you were yeah. talking about, right? My thing, I got to get rid of the resentment and the anger. Yeah. <laughs> I got to get rid of those and then I'll just have the confidence. But yeah, like it's, it's just like weight loss, man. It's, it's unhealthy to drop everything at once. You just got to kind of like fucking make your way and you got to realize that it. like you're going to fluctuate. It's always going to fluctuate. And as long as you like see the better fluctuation, like your ups are bigger than your downs and you're in a better spot. Right. But like. Yeah, that's everyone so always like, like if you climb like Mount Everest is not a, a fucking straight up slope. It's literally like several valleys and peaks and valleys and peaks and ridges and shit like that. Yeah. So when you're doing that, you have to remember that like sometimes going down is like on the journey to going up, oh. which is like weird to think about. But when you're like that. when you're going down, you're also like I'm going down because I'm happy to be getting ready to climb another that thing. <sighs> So you have to kind of realize that like it's it's part of the journey to just be like there's some wins and some losses. But at the end of the day, the only way I'm going to get further is if I understand that those reflect each other as opposed to battle each other. That's great. And you know what? That's why I tell people to wallow sometimes. Yeah. Like, so when people are sad. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the knee jerk reaction is to go to like, how can I make you feel better? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, but I just go embrace it for a bit. Yeah. Like I had a friend whose whose dad died. Yeah. Embrace and, it in a healthy way, obviously, but in a healthy way. I had a friend whose dad died. And and rather than doing the standard, I guess, like maybe the standard things you would say to someone. I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. yeah. I bet you he was a great person. Yeah, yeah. Look at all, all the great things. I was just like, doesn't it fucking suck that your dad died? Yeah. What a fucking shitty thing to happen. Yeah. And like, I just let her cry and hugged her. Like, I was just like, fucking be in this pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, otherwise it's going to. It's going to pop up later on. It's going to pop up later on. And like, then once she gets that out, I think, I don't know. I just, I, I think sometimes people have to uh, em embrace the pain. Yeah, yeah. There's an, important, there's an important acknowledgement to everything for sure. And then like, there's levels of it too that you yeah. need to endure initially. Yes. But like, yeah, for sure. Wallowing in something and, and like um, acknowledging the death and rebirth of things is very important. And in, in the like in the idea that death is not a one day process and neither is the rebirth of anything. So like when something disappears, it's not gone in that instant. And it takes a little bit for it to actually finally go. And yeah. same with when something is coming into your life that it's not automatically there. It starts as a faint like fucking flicker and then it turns into a flame. Yeah. So when that's going on, like acknowledging the fact that I'm attempting to go at this today, but by no means do I have to finish this today. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to cry it all out right now because there's no way you're going to do it. But taking the time to make sure that if you are feeling something, expressing it and realizing like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to feel this today and I'm going to feel it tomorrow, but maybe I won't feel it as much tomorrow because I took enough time to feel it today. It's presence. Yeah. Essentially, it's being present in yourself and it's something that's so easy not to do. Yeah. It's so easy not to do that. Like, it's, it's the easiest thing ever to just go. I'm just going to go on TikTok, mindlessly scroll. Oh, for sure, I'm going to distract myself. I love TikTok. TikTok. You know? TikTok. 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 I, TikTok. TikTok. I don't have it on my actual phone now because I, uh, I have two phones. One's a burner phone for selling drugs. <laughs> <laughs> AKA taking uh, stand up videos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. Just, <laughs> I have a stand up just, phone 
too? Yeah, it just records all my audio. And then that way, if I lo- lose my actual phone, no one's going to think I'm a goddamn psychopath. That's fair. Do you think about if someone found your phone as a comedian, but they didn't know you were a comedian and they were able, they were able to get into your phone and they just started listening to everything. Like how weird it would sound to someone who's never like who, who they have no history of who you are as a person. And the first thing they do is go, I wonder what this person sounds like. And they go back to voice notes like <gasps> hundred years shit. from now, like 200 years from now, say someone came across your phone and had exactly that. Like how weird would it be as like a person in the future to just like pick up a phone and press play and it'd be like, hey, so dicks are weird, right? And like what the fuck was going on? And like this is June 2020. Wasn't there a goddamn global pandemic happening? And this guy's out up on stage talking about his fucking breakup recently. Or like, like the notes section. Yeah, yeah I don't use no. I, oh, everything don't I use have notes? is handwritten. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. You're a hand, handwritten guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about. Hand I kind of do a combo, but but the phone I always have on me, so that's where things go immediately, and then they go to handwritten, and yeah. then they go to Google Docs, which is yeah, like I the don't master put doc. anything into my phone. And the only thing that goes into my phone is record like audio recordings. Other than that, I, like I, I always have a notebook on me. I've, I was just like, oh, I've, even I I have a notebook that I carry with me into work, put it in a specific place at work, and then that way, if I'm at work and I think of something, I can go to the place that I have it, grab it, write it down, and then close it and get back to work. Damn. Yeah. Process doesn't really happen too often because most of the time I'm just like mindless at work. But the odd time when it does, I'm thankful that it's there. Uh, people make fun of me because I do number my recordings yeah so i know how many sets i've done i don't have i don't give my, or take probably three or four my actual recording phone is in my uh backpack but like uh i've lost so many recordings through like swapping phones and restarting phones and resetting phones like i just got my one screen replaced and i just wiped the phone so then that way when they were repairing it they couldn't go through it or anything like that oh fair just because, again, like I don't want people going through my shit. Um, so I lost recordings, but every recording I have has absolutely... Like, if you were to read it, one of them says cunt. One of them says, fuck you, Kevin, or fuck you, Randy, or something like that. Like, there's... All of the names are just so irrelevant. I wish I was better at organizing that stuff. I know, right? My notes is uh, pretty insane. Uh, I've done... 41, 42. 144 sets. Holy shit. That's recorded. That's great though. So I wish I knew how many sets I'd done. Give or take three or four probably. Yeah. That are like maybe on video and not audio. So when are you recording 250 for the podcast? Oh, we don't know yet. Probably before Christmas for sure. Do you think you'll have 150 recorded sets before you do 250? Oh, probably. That'd be sick. 250 podcast, 150 sets. That's pretty cool. That's pretty sick. And I mean, yeah, I could also add up all the podcasts I do at work. Yeah. I'd be curious the number. Just sounds like I'm humble bragging right now. <laughs> no, it's good. It's like it's it's not humble bragging because like it's it is an accomplishment, and I, I genuinely do feel that a lot of people, and like here's and this is like an OD to you, like here's the biggest funniest thing is literally you invited like Albert and I to come and do a <laughs> podcast. You were gonna do all of the work for yes. us, and we still were like, this is too much work. <laughs> like that just speaks to you as a character and the drive and the, like the actual commitment you have to every fucking episode. That Albert and I literally came here to a full setup. You did video and everything. All we had to do was sit down, be funny. We could barely fucking do that. And then we're like, wow, this 
is too difficult. <laughs> and you crank, you've cranked no. out 200, almost 250 of these. You have two episodes of gold, you and Alvar. Yeah. That's well, probably funnier than my 250. No, 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 for sure. The stuff, the only reason the stuff with Albert and I is funny is because some of it's just so fucking ridiculous. Well, there's that whole clip. I have that clip clipped. Oh, yeah. You remember that. I think we'll have so, to show yeah. Brian this yeah, after yeah. this. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's just, it speaks to you, you your character as a person. Yeah. Like what the level of like hard work and dedication you have and why I genuinely think like you experience that burnout is because a lot of people don't recognize what goes into it. No, and, they don't. But then on top of that, because of that, there's a burnout on top of the burnout of the fact that people don't recognize it going. Yes. Into it. So you have the tax, you're paying the tax of doing the work and then also the tax of the fact that people don't see what the work is. So they like, you're they're so always you like, go, why don't you have time for this? And you're like, you don't fucking know what kind of time schedule I have. And then you go, what's this for? Yeah. What's this for? <laughs> But if you you're know? having fun, and, and I know it. that there's value. Like, yeah, yeah. there's no question that there's value, and there has oh, to be value. I mean, value. like, I mean, but it's 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 just it's a, it can be tricky. Workaholism is a bitch. I know you said we're getting to the end of this, and and before we do, I want to say like a quick one more thing before I say that, or after I say this. But like, I think something that's cool, and I think someone's probably brought it up to you before, and I think I was talking to Michaela about it, and like, it's got to be like, you can record 250 episodes, but the fact that like say Durham's sister goes back and listens yeah. to his episode. Like you, you would probably record a thousand more if you knew that was the case. Yeah. Like if you knew that one episode was going to mean meant so meant much so to much, a family like, member. Yeah. You, you, you'd record a thousand more. It's also horrific to think <laughs> that fucking loved ones are listening to my episodes sometimes because of the garbage that comes out of our mouths. Anyway. But it's, but that's like, for me to go Vaughn back, would and, appreciate that. But like to go back to that though too, and just quickly, like the main reason I enjoy taking photos of people on stage is because that's something that I really think is, is, it's a fun passion to have. And when I'm sure Durham's sister listens to the episodes, yeah. it reminds her of just a conversation that Durham's having, as if he was, you know, exactly in this room. There's no, yeah. there's no, he's not edited. He's not fucking, you know, he's not reserved. He's just being exactly himself and you're being, you're exactly yourself. And so that moment feels so much more special because there's yes. nothing curated about it. No. So it doesn't feel like it was made for that exact reason. Yeah. It just happened to be like this moment of time that was fucking and that's like what recorded. podcasts are. Which exactly. Is, which is so fucking cool. Which and is why, like, it's sweet that you do it, and it's insane that you fucking do it. Yeah, it but is. But, like, it's it's so cool that you get to do that. And, I mean, Otter and I, I think, both share the idea of, like, we both really enjoy taking photos for people, and we both see the value in that. And I, and I know that you see the value in that. Oh, my I God, think. yeah. Anybody I do does... think that there's a genuine pop, genuine, general population of people that don't realize that there's, like, oh, there's like a benefit to having these podcasts. And like, when you think about all the hard fucking work that goes into it, people are like, oh yeah, but why would you do that? And then like, you have a moment like that where you're just like, that's, that's why like, yeah, you, can, exactly. you can be, you can be bummed. You can be like, fuck this burnout's killing me. But then like, there's that moment that's like, you know, it was all worth that. And on some days it's going to be not feeling worth that. But then there's going to be some days where you're just like, yeah, this is everything I worked for is, is within like this two hour and 15 minute episode that I did with someone. And that and like the fact that someone's listening to that and it's literally making their entire fucking week. Help right? them heal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I would agree. That's the only reason I do these because you're all going to die someday. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Whether it's on stage or There's gonna be a, I, I'm trying to make that a joke somehow. And it's, it's just a tricky thing to joke about, but it is a funny thought. Oh yeah. That for these sure. podcasts are like little memorials that haven't happened yet. For sure. Like, uh, like it's, <laughs> it's fun to think in like the relationship that like, 
your grandparents a lot for a lot of us all we have is like black and gray photos of them and then now eventually one of us will be a grandparent and like someone will like our (laughs) our great grandkids will be watching this and they'll be like oh remember that time your great grandfather was talking with that girl and that other guy about how many people they quote unquote slayed (laughs) (laughs) you just wrote the joke yeah that's your it's not it's and this is this goes back to the fucking thing i listened to you talk about the entire fucking setup and premise and idea and then i literally just gave you the one tidbit and you're like oh it's all yours now that is not how comedy fucking works that is not how comedy fucking works that is like that is like the one person letting like every like it's that's like if you and otter made a fucking powerpoint presentation and at the end of you spending six hours on the powerpoint i come in and i put the usb stick into the computer and save it to that and i'm like well it's my fucking powerpoint now just because i had a vessel to 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 project it to the next thing doesn't mean that all the work wouldn't have existed without me oh my god that's so funny (laughs) holy shit okay we gotta end this guys all right we gotta end it before we end it i want to now i just want to say thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate it thank you for coming on to catch up with you you know you're one of my favorites and and this is one of the fun this is a fun way that we get to chat because we don't get to chat often so this This is is the only way i chat with friends yeah which is fun it's a great way to do it and it's a goofy way to do it because it's like you keep it within a parameter that's still still silly and interesting but also you get to have fun it's intentional yeah which is nice. Yeah, not yeah, yeah. not every hangout you have with a friend is intentional. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so so I, I do appreciate it. But it's a loose intention. Yeah. So it makes it fun. Makes it really makes fun. It way more fun. I appreciate you, Otter. I appreciate you too. Appreciate you. Guys love are, you. You're doing awesome. You guys yeah. are two of my favorite. I guests. can't wait for episode three fifty. I know it's gonna exist. Jesus Christ. It'll be me and your dog. Yeah. I'll be sitting beside you on camera. Yeah. Three fifty? Three fifty. You wanna claim three fifty? Yeah, we're claiming three fifty. That's in two years. Yeah, that's yeah. good. If I, I if, if, if I did weekly. One of us might be a ghost by then, but you never know. Oh my god. Ideally me. Whoa, 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 don't you dare steal that from don't, me. Don't, <laughs> Otter, don't you dare. Um, thank you, Matt. Yeah, where, thank you. Where can people find you, follow you? People you have can a couple follow Instagram me. accounts that you should plug. Uh, I just, I have one comedy Instagram account that I'll plug. Mm, That's it. Uh, stop that. My Instagram account is at Matt Baker Sucks. Um, <laughs> which is, yeah, I used to be comedian Matt Baker, and now I go by Matt Baker Sucks because I think it's funny. It is so self-deprecating. Yeah, I know, but there, here's the thing with it. I love it because if I go up to someone after the show and someone's where, where can you find you? I'm like, Oh, Matt Baker sucks. And like, Oh, that's funny. And then that's it. Like it's people who care about me the most are like, Oh, that's kind of negative. But at the okay. end of the day, it's just like a really funny way to be like, this is how I sell it. Both of you have great Instagram handles. Matt Baker sucks. Definitely not Otter. Yeah. I need great. a better username. Like it's, I hate my username. Sarah yeah. Mackle. Mackle. I don't help me. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. Is it, like I, I just I want something cooler than Sarah Mackle. Yeah, I don't know. You can do uh, Sarah Mackle can... sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell you one right now, but if you don't use it and then you put up the podcast, it'll be wasted forever, and I don't want to do that. But I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay, tell me after the podcast. Yeah, 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 I, do I that. just know that when I was growing up, my email address when I had a hotmail was simply Sarah. Yeah, um, I like that. But it sounds a little <laughs> like after school special I, I don't know it sounds bizarre. I think I think sometimes you put like a lot of thought and like too much thought into things that don't really matter as much like 
mine was just literally my first name, last name, and then the fact that I suck. So it's just like, it's stupid, it's silly, it's easy, it's light. And like the biggest thing for me is when I tell people it, it's just like, that's what it is. Yeah. Matt Baker sucks. And it's, it's just, just, it's such a fucking, to me, it's something that someone would say. And then because of that, it works. And you want to know why these types of usernames are good versus just someone's like name or like first name, yeah, last yeah. name is it's intriguing. Yeah, exactly. When you see someone who's tagged in something and you're like, and, and like, say you enjoyed that piece of content, uh, yeah, yeah. you're going to want to click on that username and go, who the fuck is that? Well, the amount of people have tagged me in photos and then they say, Matt Baker does not suck. Like, that's funny. <laughs> that's, that's, I did that recently. Exactly. That's why I think yeah. it's funny because it's just like someone's contradicting what I'm saying about myself. And then they're like, what is this guy? Why is that guy saying he sucks? And then who knows? Who knows what happens? But if there's engagement, then it's beneficial to me. And then it's not a negative thing to me because like engagement is good for myself exactly. as a comic. So, so having unique usernames is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Matt is the reason my Instagram is nonstop blowing up notifications because of a real that I made of Matt. Yeah, but now Scott's is taking viral. Now so. Scott's, Scott's is taking. Scott blew mine out of the water. And Scott messaged me. He goes, how do I make the notifications stop? How do I meet notifications? <laughs> that's definitely a Scott thing to say. But also that's fucked that you can't turn off like the in-app. Yeah. I wish there was a way you could turn off the in-app. Yeah. Anyway, that's something for Josh to figure out. Yeah. Software developer. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, anyways, I appreciate you so much. Thanks, Thanks for coming so on, buddy. I'm so Thanks excited for, for the me. album that we don't know the name yeah. yet. The we untitled the album. I'll give it a name, but uh, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to say thank you to a specific, uh, Richard, especially. Yes, I'm not going to say his last Richard. name on here, but Richard, thank you so much for everything. I very much appreciate it. You were he was so fucking great to work with. He was literally made it seem like. Like I was like the pregnant crazy lady in the hospital, like a baby's coming out of my vagina. <laughs> He's like, hey, baby's coming out of there. That's cool. That's all right. <laughs> just breathe. It's just a baby. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. And so and then so after like the first show, he's like, that was great. That was a good baby. <laughs> and then he's like, now we're going to do another baby. That's and, exactly what he does. And then he's like, that was a great baby. And you know what? This time we're going to get an even better baby probably. And so then we did another show. He's like, wow, two good babies. Two good babies. And, we- and then like, who knows? Maybe he thought they both sucked. Who knows? But like, he was just so fucking great to work with and so nice. And I don't really have that much of a history with him. I just, I've just kind of seen him throughout the scene. And I know that he's worked with people and I've, I've wanted to get to know him better. And I wish I had like had the opportunity to live out here and actually shake hands with him a lot more. But like, he was just so kind and welcoming and went out of his way to do a lot for me when he didn't need to. So I, I can't thank him enough There's for that. There's an intoxicated episode with him. Yeah. It's, it's I've listened to, I believe, three quarters of it, and then I was probably going somewhere. It's a but fascinating, smart guy. Yeah, so. insanely nice. And yeah, Shout out so Richard. that was great. And then uh, I wanted to thank everyone who came out. Like the whole Halifax yes. scene shared it. Everyone who was on the show, like Brian and, and Amanda and uh, Clifton and Sam and Albert and Chris, uh, obviously for performing. Like I lucked out in the whole half and Joe for hosting. Sorry. Joe, thanks so much for organizing it. But like, I lucked out that the Halifax scene is like super nice. Cause they, we all love you. Yeah. It was, this is one thing and this will be a good thing to end on. Um, when I got out here, I've had pretty much every comic that I've bumped into ask me how long I'm home for. Yeah. So it was like a nice thing. So it was a nice thing. I thought he was, I didn't think he left because I asked him to drive me to the show. (laughs) 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 Do you remember? Give me a ride. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. You're not here. It didn't feel like you had left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the inability to drive to anything. Well, that's how you know you have a second home. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I love it. 
Oh, that's nice. Okay. Yeah, we got to end great. it on that because that so was much. great. That was great. Thank you, Matt. Thanks you can, for having me. Can... We had, man, that was a roller coaster of a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we went everywhere. <laughs> we almost went into Scott territory. Scott and I. You guys battled out for yeah, an yeah, hour. Yeah. And I don't like arguing so. with anybody. I wanted to make sure that it was very clear about where we both stood and I'm on your side. I didn't take that as arguing too, by the way. I do. I was I like, took that as anytime anything gets seems like seemingly heated, I'm just like, I need to throw a fucking joke in here quick, boys. Get a fucking joke in there. Get a giggle. Turn this fucking train around. Otherwise, you're gonna get in so deep that you won't have the closer to fix it. But that's the hilarious part of Scott and I. We don't do that. We sit in it. Oh, I can't. It's fucking gnarly, man. Yeah, but I watched my parents do that growing up and it fucked me up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel like if, like, yeah, I've thought about putting that whole fight on on a Patreon, um, like for people to pay to see it. I would pay to see it. Because be it's Jake Paul fucking versus wild. What was the argument about again? Well, we can talk about it after. We'll probably. talk about it after. We're going to end the episode. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye now. Love you. Bobby, thanks so Love much for you. having me. This was awesome. You can ding the bell. You ding have to the ding bell. the bell. It's, We're doing it, baby. It's, it's intoxicated. It's great. Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan and brought to you by the messiness of life. Oh, everybody's depressed. Next subject.